0: living for one of
1: those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The End Times Continue.
0: Welcome, everybody. The End Times Continue recording on this the 4th of September.
1: How's it going, Ace. Oh, it's going well. It's already September. Uh, I know we say this almost every week, but like the way I experience time, it's almost like I don't know. I have this very weird relationship with time. I don't really like it too much. Uh, it's very, very bad. <laughs> you don't but, like uh,
0: time? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, uh, yeah, very bad, very bad thing. Uh, no, but uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's just uh, flying by. Just it is. Flying by. How's the weather been down there? Uh, rainy. Oh, very nice. Very, very cool. rainy. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, the The worst part,
0: though, is when it gets back to being hot, and then it's just
1: humid. Oh, oh yeah, then you have the... Oh, yeah, that's the worst. Like, that's after it rained. It's like, oh, yeah, the rain was really nice, and now it's just all going to evaporate into the air. Yeah, and, like, oh, and
0: it's going to make is... me feel terrible. I forgot to say I am yeah. Dino. Um, the oh, yeah. <laughs> There is... <laughs> Uh, I know, I know the intro is very noisy. It's, there's a hissing in my line. I don't know why it started a couple of weeks ago and it's been in there for a couple of weeks. You will have heard it on on previous two episodes probably, but, uh, I'm, I gotta, I'm gonna fix it eventually. I just don't know what the actual problem is. And I probably just need a new motherboard, frankly, (laughs) but I know it's annoying to hear that sizzle all through that intro. It, it, it hurts me to hear it.
1: Yeah. yeah, for people who don't know, Dean is sitting in a in a room in a very dark room with a bunch of computers and there's like thousands of wires all over the place. So, you, Dude. Have, you, know, you got to put up some slack. <laughs> I might post a picture of my cable management
0: cuz it is it is not good. It's really not good. And it doesn't help that I'm running the soundboard off of an Amazon Fire, which are not uh not known for having the highest of build qualities. Mhm. So, yeah, it's I'm I might just need to shift over to a different tablet too. Maybe it'll have a less noisy. Jo- I don't know. There are multiple solutions I need to try, um, <laughs> but I know that's annoying to hear, and I know it's there, and I'll, I'm gonna take care of it eventually. Um, okay, so I asked you what you'd been up to. Um, yeah, and then I was thinking I, was, I forgot to do the. Oh,
1: you asked me about the how is how's it been up around where you are? Oh, it's actually been so. Um... The first day of September, it was like very cool. It was like a fall day. Uh, For people who don't know, I live in Maine. Um, And it was like, oh, wow, it's fall, which is, in my opinion, the best season of the year. So I'm I'm very happy about that. Very happy about
0: that. I agree. Fall is the best. Winter, it gets too goddamn
1: cold, but fall (laughs) is the perfect temperature for half the season. And I like winter when it's snowing or I, I kind of like like the aesthetic of it, do you know what I mean? I but do. It, at a certain point it gets to be too much. Winter uh, just, is right. winter is pleasing to the senses except yes. as long as you're inside. Yeah, exactly. It's something you want to like look out your window at and, you know, go out when it's snowing every once in a while uh, and stuff like that and do things like that. But I I, like I I think like once you hit like late January or February, it begins. It's like, all right, Christmas is over. Get out of here. Uh, Time to go. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Please Please, let's get back to
0: spring because this is horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I I absolutely agree. Uh, I also am am. I don't know what's happened, and I don't know. I this is something that I'm I'm concerned about the youth because I'm the seeing. Youth. I am because I'm <laughs> seeing a lot of people. I'm wondering if this is a rebellion against the generational love of Halloween because I I right. love Halloween and and I yep. loved Halloween as a kid. I love everything about it i love the skellingtons i love the the cool weather i love the 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 jack-o'-lanterns and the and just the just the general spooky tone i love watching a scary movie like i love Mm -hmm. halloween yeah i don't understand why
1: there's this take floating around now where like halloween sucks i know i've seen that from multiple places uh and it's uh yeah, I, I I don't understand it personally. It's like uh, Halloween used to well, it, Halloween used to be that time where it was like acceptable to be weird for like one month out of the year. I know you, know I mean? you could you could
0: be your normal fucking weirdo <laughs> exactly. self, and you didn't stick out and nobody looked at you funny because it's October. Yeah.
1: yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now there is this rebellion going around though, where it's like people are turning against Halloween, and it's—I don't get it. I don't know why. Like, don't you don't like Halloween? That—that that, you know—that's—that's that's one thing. But it's like it, there does seem to be like this cultural thing going on where like there's a lot of people who just don't like Halloween, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. It's a take. It's a take people have now. It yeah, it's a very hot one. Yeah, yes. very hot take as the kids say.
0: Look, my girlfriend hates Halloween. She's always hated really? Halloween. She told me on our first during our first Halloween together, she told me she hated Halloween. She doesn't like it. <laughs> I get it. I get that. But it's one of those things where I'm uh, but it's not like a take. She just doesn't like it.
1: Right. That's just like, yeah. Yeah.
0: But now I'm seeing this. This like it's a take. Like it's a take to hate Halloween. Like it's right. a like it's a it's a weird identity thing. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it.
1: Right? Is it, yeah. There's a certain type of uh, person that goes out and has to declare not just that I don't like Halloween, but here's why Halloween is bad, and that's yeah. the take. Right? That's yes. the take part of it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. And I like it too because it makes people mad. It, it, <laughs> Halloween is something. There might be a little bit of this. There might be a little bit of the fact that when I was a kid. And I've told stories about this before when I was a kid, there was a lot of shit I wasn't allowed to do because my parents were sort of, it was, it was the last remaining vestiges of the satanic panic when I was a kid. And my parents were very much like, like focus on the family listeners, if you will. Um, so, so like I wasn't allowed to read, for example, I read Lord of the Rings instead of Harry Potter.
1: Okay, yeah. Because yeah.
0: I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. Now, I'm I I now being where I am now, I prefer Lord of the Rings to Harry Potter, but that's not it's it's a it was the thing I just wasn't allowed to. Um mm-hmm. you know, because of all the right. weirdo uh evangelical whatever surrounding yeah. it. Um and it was like that with it was like that with Pokémon. If you remember the the, evangeli- oh, the e- yes. e- evangelical sort this. of movement, yeah, where they said it was all demons, yeah, <laughs> right. Same oh, thing. So yeah, so it could be a little bit that when I was a kid, I wasn't really allowed to participate in Halloween, like trick or treating mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There could be a little bit of that to it, but right. I don't really think so because even when I even when I have been involved in like Halloween like trick or treating and stuff like that, that's not what I find cool about the season. Are you still trick
1: or treat, Dean? No,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> but I have <laughs> taken kids trick or treating. Okay.
1: Oh, well, I think you were going to say I've taken their candy before. <laughs> like oh you're, yeah, you're, no. You're I said checkpoint. Likes, yeah, you said this <laughs> is a tap. This is We're going to learn about civics today kids mm-hmm. Alright give me 20% of your candy What I you know, do is and I will you. What I do is Up by the
0: door I'll give them the candy at the door And then I have one of my agents down at the end of the driveway And as yeah. they're walking down the driveway Away from the house They stop them and say hold on I need 25% of that Because <laughs> you just used this driveway And yes. what would you do Without the driveway Right yeah <laughs> Yeah. how would you have gotten around how would you have gotten up to the door right. to get the candy without the driveway so i get 25 percent of that and that's going to help pay for the driveway
1: yeah <laughs>
0: exactly Ugh. that's how i set it up
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I like the aesthetic of halloween like I, it's I, great
0: I, yeah it's great I, I guess it's i don't know like i grew up with emo the kids whole,
1: the whole in time of like all going into winter, like um, starting from Halloween, going into Christmas. That's my favorite time of year, like uh, Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's like, you know, a trifecta. It's great. It's of, great. Uh, great aesthetics.
0: I will say uh, uh, Thanksgiving. I don't enjoy. For I one don't, reason.
1: So. OK, go ahead. Yeah,
0: I th- I have no memory of Thanksgiving. That's not tied to eating way too much and
1: feeling miserable as a result. Okay, yes. Um, there is definitely a, um, a thing about Thanksgiving where uh, you tend to overeat. And, like, like it's good. Like, the whole preparation of it, right? Like, Thanksgiving, uh, uh, you know, the whole, I guess... Mindset going into Thanksgiving is really good, but there is this type of regret that you feel like afterwards. Some in some cases, like immediately afterwards, after you eat, where it's just yeah. like oh god. There's
0: a post. Is- There's a post nut clarity to Thanksgiving evening <laughs> that makes you regret the whole holiday. <laughs> 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 drumstick clarity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it's. <laughs> I would prefer it if we went Halloween, skip mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Go to
1: Christmas because it's one of those things I, I think, that I need that break in between. Sure. I I think one of the things with uh, well, well, one could argue that uh, Black Friday is more of an American holiday than Thanksgiving at this point. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, or Cyber Monday. But but there's something about like, um, you know, I, I think obviously, you know, the obvious solution would be just like, well, on Thanksgiving, just eat less and then you won't feel sick. But the problem with that is that there's like this cultural expectation almost that, yeah, this is the day when we indulge right today right. when we're just going to stuff our faces uh and eat a lot of food and yeah but so yeah there uh I, I tend to agree with you on thanksgiving i like it um and i i more so like the the feeling around thanksgiving that approaching christmas you know yep. what i mean yep. rather than i do the day itself you know what i mean I agree
0: with you. There's something about that. And and you know, there's a lot of family focus and things like that. It makes you it's, it's it feels you really feel community around that time. Sure. And it's it's a, it's very nice in that way. Um mm-hmm. And, and I do think, I don't think it, it's a bad thing to have a holiday uh, around like gluttony and indulgence and things. I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. No, but I'm
1: ju- just the, the sickness you feel after that. Yeah, is kinda...
0: exactly. And also, I mean, it doesn't help. I mean, it's a gluttonous culture anyway. It's not like we're, right. it's not really a holiday when you're also putting down uh, to get, uh, certainly not personal here, a double quarter pounder and right. uh, and 20 well, nuggets yeah and, and, and day much before like,
1: much like Halloween, where it's like it's the one time of the year where it's like really socially acceptable to be a goth or something like that or just to be weird uh or it, like it used to be uh but nowadays uh you know I don't really think that's necessarily always the case with as you said with Thanksgiving because like that kind of is the culture anyway right <laughs> so it's like yeah right it's, it's it's not
0: like thanksgiving makes it acceptable to be a fat ass we're fat asses anyway <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so the, but I, I, I do, I, holidays, I love, I do like the holidays, if, if only because there's something about the end of the holidays and looking ahead toward like summer and stuff where it's just like, I'm never going to get a break. I'm never going to get a break. It's a whole, it's a whole chunk of time where you're just working.
1: (laughs) Um, what in, it's kind of like a we, we both agree that fall is the best season. What is your least favorite season?
0: Probably. Well, it depends on where I am uh, down here. It's summer, but yeah. up where up where I'm from in West Texas, it's not nearly as humid. And winter is my least favorite because there's something about oh. having a stack. I, I hate the constricting. This is this is a, I've always been a little bit autistic about this. I hate the mm-hmm. constricting nature of clothing. Oh, okay. So okay. having to stack a bunch of clothes on really bugs me. But I will say this. I look the best in the winter because when I'm like, I like get, I haven't, I have like nice jackets and you can mm-hmm. wear a long sleeves and a tie and it's not weird. <laughs> like in the summer where it's incredibly uncomfortable. So right. I don't know. I, 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 here it's definitely summer. It's too damn humid.
1: Yeah. For me, it's summer, and I've had this theory for a while that we're indoctrinated to like summer because that's when um, uh, school school break was, right? So, like, as kids, everyone looked forward to summer because obviously, oh, look, we're off for months out of the year. No school. And it's like, I've always viewed that as, looking back on it now, it's like, oh. They did that in the shittiest season just so yeah. we could,
0: like. It's the worst. Is is it's the time of the year when the sun is trying its best to kill you. Yeah. And and yeah. everything is miserable.
1: Yeah, I, I would much have preferred like fall, uh, to get off than, than summer, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah. Yeah. I remember after that last
0: Cholberg, oh, I had that sunburn that made me look oh, horrific. Was oh dude, yeah, I my, uh,
1: my arms got burned so badly there. You
0: were was... smart though. You wore long sleeves and a did, ball and knew, the entire time.
1: Yeah, and I knew I had to because like I burn up so easily usually. Um but it's like whenever it's like really hot out I have to wear long sleeves.
0: Yep. I uh, I absolutely get you. Um, okay, that's enough. Time. Yeah, do we have any stories? We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so yeah. something happened um, that I thought was very interesting. Uh, there was, let me get this open. So this is from the Washington Examiner. A power company restricts Denver customers' thermostats over energy emergency. An energy company locked uh clients from changing their thermostats Tuesday when temperatures in Colorado reached 90 degrees. Excel Energy has approximately 1.3 million customers in the state and allows customers to opt into its AC rewards uh smart thermostat program which allows uh, the company to override thermostats.
1: Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, that, a couple of years ago, there was a um, a guy checking the thermostat over here and he would he was trying to install without even asking. He was trying to install a, a smart monitor on it
0: like my girlfriend's old apartment.
1: This. Yeah. And they're doing this because obviously they want to be able to see in real time obviously like what's going on and being able to micromanage your own thermostat. Yeah. Uh, like that, that's creepy, dude.
0: Yeah. It's, ho- it's horrible. And if you look at that in conjunction with the energy crisis that's happening in Europe right now, um, did you see that Russia basically said we can't export any more gas to Germany? We just can't do it.
1: Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was last week. I think they, they, they basically said oh, we're, we, we can't do it anymore. No more gas to Europe. Or to Germany, which is where all the gas goes into Europe. So there at this point, the, 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 some of the stuff that's, you know, there's a lot of people that are locked in for like the rest of the year to what their energy cost Mm -hmm. is right now, but there's like business owners and stuff posting their expected energy costs for the next year. And it's insane. (laughs) It is insane. There is, there is a legitimately horrifying energy uh, shortage in Europe and it's not, and it's, it's entirely created. It's, it's entirely as a result of the, of the, uh, Ukraine stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nothing, there's nothing else that would cause it. Uh, right. and this is similar to, um, I've been saying for a very long time when, like when gas prices skyrocketed and stuff, I was saying, this is not a gas crisis. This is an energy crisis. We have an energy yes. crisis. Yeah. And And this has been building for a
1: long time, but now it's starting to, like, sort of cascade with, like, uh, just the things going on in the world today, I guess. Exactly. Um, Whenever we talk about, like, energy or anything like that, um, it always, like, this topic is actually something I I don't, like, talk about a lot, but it's always something that pisses me off. Because I always think about, like, the counterfactual that, man, if we just had nuclear energy or, like, thorium or some other, like, off-brand, you know, uh, side nuclear energy type thing. Um, we would not have this energy crisis. A lot of people would have much more um, cost-efficient energy than they do now. And also, you know, in some parts of the world where they really struggle with energy or don't have a lot, uh, nuclear energy would give would like raise people out of poverty. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like that in the world, and it's because of like you know all these. Stupid, stupid law. Not just stupid, but also you could make uh, make a case of very malicious laws uh, that... Uh essentially, like, keep people impoverished due to, like, just energy costs. And even even the people who are, like, spending a lot of money on energy right now, think of all the money they could save if we just had nuclear. Yeah. Um, and whenever, like, you have these uh, fucking, like, uh, stupid, like, liberal environmentalist types talking about, like, how, how much they care about the environment and yet they never, ever consider nuclear energy at all, even though it's much more clean than, you know, um, uh, like any other type of energy, really.
0: Right, well, the know. response to that is always like, oh, yeah, Chernobyl's real clean. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that's <laughs> like not how this works. Also, uh, that uh, Chernobyl's a good, uh, good argument for the failings of communism exactly. <laughs> more than it is the failings of nuclear energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and also, there's types of nuclear energy, like, uh, or there's types of like um, reactor-based energy, like thorium, for example, that emits almost practically no waste. And um, that that would consider because right the argument against nuclear is like well there's all this waste that goes into it right there, mm-hmm. we have to we have to put a uh, there's all this waste and we don't have a good spot to put it which I I think is also bullshit considering like all the other stuff we dump into the environment already it would still like the benefits would still outweigh the costs uh with nuclear uh even generally but there's types of energy like thorium for example uh, which to my understanding is uh the government um experimented with thorium i think in the 50s or 60s but they had trouble weaponizing it so they they just dropped it (laughs) (laughs) this shit sucks it doesn't kill enough people (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you always have to remember, like, when the government is kind of like overseeing and regulating energy. Um, one of the main co- components for them is, hmm, can, how can we make bombs efficiently with this? Can yeah. we make this go boom? <laughs> how many people can we kill with this? Yes. The, the, the newer
0: yes. reactors, even more traditional ones, eat their own waste like they they yes. they they process yeah. their own waste. And what you end up for for as far as nuclear waste is concerned is like f- the football sized thing. Like it's it's right. nothing. It's next to nothing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. People yeah, have allowed yeah. themselves to become so afraid of this fucking miracle technology.
1: <laughs> and, and it's one of those things that, like, you, you ever, like, have one of those thoughts that just gets stuck in your head and it begins to piss you off over time? Yep. And it's one of those things for me with, with like, nuclear energy. It's like, God, oh, the world would have been so much of a better place if, like, 50 years ago we just were on, nuclear, uh, like, nuclear... Went
0: all in energy. on nukes, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, it's...
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's it's a legitimate (laughs) miracle technology, and the fact that people reject it. Did you see that picture going around where people are like, there's a there's somebody made a cartoon of uh, a bunch of the cooling towers uh, emitting uh, vapor. They emit water vapor. That's what they admit. It's all steam coming out of those cooling towers, and they like have like people putting a wall up around it and then painting it green, and it's like greenwashing. And it's like, what do you think that that is a pollutant? the yeah
1: <laughs> are, are, <laughs> it's, oh. it's ridiculous yeah dude but I, I do
0: want to say I, I do I'm sorry continue My bad. no 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 good I, I do want to say you can do things like smart thermostats that you control from your phone wherever you are mm-hmm. like you can do stuff like this without ha- being reliant on someone else's network like you can, you can do stuff right. like this without um, the the device calling home. You can do it without your power company. You can do it without all these people who then you have ceded control of
1: the right. environment in your home to them. You can do it without yeah. them. Yeah, it's like look, there's there's already a lot of problems people have. You don't need to have a snitch as a thermostat. You mm-hmm. don't need that. You can do exactly. you can do other
0: things. Your 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 fridge and your <clears throat> and your thermostat don't need to be NARCS, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. the The way that there's a there's a great um, technology stack called Home Assistant, and mm-hmm. basically you run this on a Raspberry Pi on your network, and you can mm-hmm. utilize this to control uh, all of these smart whatevers. Um, you just have to make sure they don't call home. Like, there's a the, one one technology for for smart thermostats people use is they'll deploy Home Assistant and they'll use uh, Z Wave smart thermostats. They they mm-hmm. have humidity sensors and temperature and all this other stuff, and you can control them from the phone and whatever. And if you want to set up a a server, you can probably control them off your network. But regardless, that it, it's all of the same utility of like a Nest. With none of the seeding of control. Right. This is this is entirely a self-hosted technology stack. I, I'm 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 so upset <laughs> that people uh just go to you know get the honeywell or the nest or whatever and it's gonna call home and then or you contract with your power company and it's like, uh, no, we control your, your thermostat now. Well, I don't want that. Right. I just want to be able to do it from my phone. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'd imagine now, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I I would imagine that over time, um, these types of things will get more and more common on the market, like things that are just not, they're not controlled by like the actual host, let's say, of like the power itself, but they're um, smart thermostats that you control only, right? Things like that, because obviously, you know... Uh, there's been a big push for privacy in recent years, just generally like, you know, the VPNs, things like that. And I think, I hope at least that will extend into other areas of uh, people's lives and not just, you know, not just the Internet and things like that. So uh, hopefully that will be the case where it's like, yeah, we want to be as decentralized as possible. And that also means not having, <laughs> not letting all these, uh, you know... Uh, other parties see exactly what the temperature is yeah. in your house. Not giving so. your
0: power company control of your fucking thermostat. Yeah, this is this is one of the things. There's always this, and this is one of the things that I love about the network. And when I say the network, I mean mm-hmm. the internet, the people on it, the network yeah. as a whole. There's every time one of these uh, technologies is introduced, there's people mm-hmm. who there are people who say, "Yeah, but I don't need you for that." Right. I can just, I can do that.
1: And that, and Man, that's, let's unpackage these things. Right. Cause at the moment it's bundled. Let's, let's just take the good stuff and leave, you know, the stuff that's not necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exactly that. It's, it's this, it's almost
0: like the security camera thing. So I've, I've been wanting to, mm-hmm. I've, I've got these security cameras, and the server is is going to be what hosts them. They're going to put all their. I'm going to I'm going to set aside a certain amount of drive space, and that's where they're going to record to. And yada mm-hmm. yada yada. There's all this stuff, right? Yeah. You can do that if you buy a, a one of these insecure, stupid Wi-Fi security cameras from some company, oh. and then you use their servers, mm-hmm. or you can just do it yourself. Right. And then you're not giving some other company footage of the inside of your home. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand this. I I don't understand. It's ridiculous to me the amount of privacy people give up, especially when you're dealing with a a regime, a a legal regime. Now I'm getting angry. A legal regime that does not consider a thing
1: private if it's held by a third party. Yeah, it's also one of those things. Like, if you have cameras in your home, it's like imagine being like, yeah, I want to turn my house into a panopticon. Yes, exactly. That sounds great.
0: It's just like the ring cameras and shit like that. It's, it's it, Amazon just gives that footage away. If you just all the cops have to do is write a write a letter that says please, and they get they they, they don't even need a warrant. They don't even need a judge to sign off on it. They send them a letter and say, hey, uh, give us this footage. Amazon goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> and in some places, in some places, they've got to deal with the cops, where the cops have a portal and they can just go on and get the footage without even communicating with Amazon.
1: Yeah, it's like one of those things. Like how it, like uh, how they present it versus how it is in reality. They're like, "Yes, we'll defend you know your information, your security," and the cops just go all puppy dog eyes and like, "Please," and they're like, "Oh, here you go." Here, you yeah,
0: absolutely. It's ridiculous and people just give that shit away willingly. When 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 there's always a contingent of people who says, "No, I don't I don't need you to accomplish this. I I can set this up on my own." And they do it. Yeah. And then they tell other people how to do it. And there's an entire contingent of people who are self-hosting all these solutions and don't need the freaking corpos to help them.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the great thing about it too is that it teaches you how this shit works. If you have to deploy this right. stuff yourself, You end up learning more about it. It's just like with the 3D printed gun thing. It's like if you if you 3D print your guns and build them,
1: you know how guns work now. Right. If you didn't Um, before, now you do. You know, there's always um, a certain element, I think, of people even like uh, libertarians and in some cases, especially libertarians kind of talked about yeah you know making your own stuff it's not you know that's good as a hobby but you know obviously the division of labor allows us just to be more economically efficient and it is but i do think there's a certain um importance to knowing how to do these things on your own just in case right just in case uh not saying that you have to make everything on your own which in like a, you know, in a true sense, would be impossible. Like, sure. You know, even well, if you're making things on your own, you're not making the things that you're using the things to make the thing with. You're not making those things out of scratch. I'm not um, sitting
0: down and I'm not sitting down and soldering my own Arduino boards, right? To make exactly. this shit work, right?
1: Yeah, but but being able to configure things um, uh, it, uh, yourself. it Teaches in a very important skill, I think, and I think that's like very important. Just for people to know, and as you said, if you want to be more secure, you have to be able to know how to do those things yourself. Because obviously, these corporations don't give a damn about your security; they
0: do not care. It's not in there. they have no incentive to care because mm-hmm. the 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 way that the way that surveillance capitalism has ended up li- aligning these incentives, it, it is it is against a company's interest to provide you with any kind of privacy because the data is worth more than even you as a customer yeah so the the idea that they they basically it's a double dip on your use you're paying them to give them an asset right (laughs) and it's it's a it's it's a it's ridiculous you can self-host all this stuff i believe in you i believe in you listener (laughs) you can do it (laughs) on your own
1: you don't need anyone um yeah um the mark fisher who wrote uh capitalist realism he he has this term in the book called uh, market stalinism and it kind of is this <laughs> like uh, uh you know this kind of like micromanagey type uh, type thing that a lot of the corporations like to uh, uh engage in and that they also you know uh have no value for your, you know, your privacy or anything like that, and will turn you over to the feds. It very much like absolutely, uh, that, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a, it's there's there is no privacy. Any information that's held by a third party. You do not have any privacy interest in that information. Just mm-hmm. assume mm-hmm. you don't. There are some weird yeah. little carve outs in case law. For example, I think ISPs, you need a warrant to get data from ISPs. But assume mm-hmm. that's not the case. Just assume yeah, any third party, you don't have any privacy interest in that data. Assume that it's
1: only sensible. Whenever they say, we support your security or we'll, we'll keep your information safe, you should always uh, read that as if you're on the phone for three hours with your ISP and the, the automated service is telling you, you're our most valued customer. Exactly. for three hours. That's what you should read that as when you whenever you
0: read. That. Exactly. It's a. It's and the the VPN thing. I've written a few things. Actually, they might all be on the old account. They might be gone. Um. I had written like threads and stuff like that about how to build a technology stack that is as private as it can possibly be with regard to third parties. Um the other danger is that let's say you're self-hosting your email on a server in your in your house. Mm-hmm. Um if they get a warrant for your house, they get all your emails.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So it's one of those things that's like you, you gotta balance the risks, right, when you're self-hosting. Right. For example, that's why yeah. I don't self-host my email. I use uh Proton Mail. Because that's mm-hmm. in another country, and it's it's encrypted on their servers. So even if they did hand over any data, it would just be the metadata, right? And they don't have to respond to a lot of warrants anyway, because it's uh, Swiss. Oh, so there yep, There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. There's it's.
1: That's the kind of thing just, you don't want to self host all the server. Just host all the servers in Switzerland and then we'll yes, be fine.
0: Exactly. Please. I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can you can totally self host almost everything. You just have to be smart yeah. about it. And, and it helps to know the law a little bit. And it helps to know what's smart to self host and what's not. Ultimately, don't, I, I, don't don't self host your VPN. Why would you self host your VPN? The, the, your, the, right. your, your exit <laughs> least,
1: port is yeah. your house. Right. That, yeah, yeah, Yeah. you doing? Exactly. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think ultimately, like, most people probably just at the moment, right, Pete, is like what you said. It's not that what you said is impossible, for, but for the most part, uh, most people are going to view that as just, like, overly tedious and they're just not going to have the time. Sure. So I think over time, how that's going to have to be arranged is that um, people... Uh, like maybe very like dedicated people who are just doing it for like some type of cause and not necessarily like trying to become a corporation or like become incorporated or anything like that are going to make these products that's just going to streamline and make it easy for people to self host rather than you know doing what they need to do now which you know it's not it's not that it's necessarily hard right now it's just it takes more it's more labor intensive than I think most people are willing to um,
0: yeah you have to make this stuff easier to deploy ultimately which is which is the kind of thing and and you do run into problems periodically for example i run a pie hole and i have for years and years and years and this has only happened once but it did happen um it just broke one day and i don't know what broke about
1: it so i had to the old classic something's broken i don't know what it is it could be a thousand different things.
0: it could be anything so i just basically reflash the pie hole and reset it up now that's not hard Mm -hmm. to do it's very easy to deploy a pie hole but I mean, it gets a little more complicated when you do it headlessly like I do, and I don't actually plug a Raspberry Pi into a monitor and stuff. But regardless, it's pretty easy to do, but um, there are problems when you're self-hosting it. There's no support outside of forums, you know? <laughs> Uh, right, yeah. yeah, you get forum threads that were locked a half a decade ago, <laughs> and it's like, right. how do I solve the problem? And someone just marks it solved and locks the thread. <laughs> was, Fucking thanks. <laughs> I what? <laughs> How'd you fix it, though? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, this the, don't cede this kind of don't cede this kind of independence to a power company. The temperature right. in your house don't see that
1: there's just just a certain like gross feeling to me when i think of that you know what i mean that in the same way that i'd feel gross if there were cameras watching me in my house every day or in my room or something yep you know uh that would yeah it's just yeah just just don't do that just don't just stop
0: yeah just don't you could just choose not to (laughs) um or you're free to yeah well yeah but you know
1: (laughs) But don't.
0: Don't. Don't. You but, can. But yeah. don't. Yeah, it's a lot like a
1: lot of things.
0: You can do yeah. heroin. Don't.
1: Just don't. Yeah. You. Can, you can sell salt off the Empire State Building.
0: Mm-hmm. But don't.
1: But don't. It's just not. It's just not a smart thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh. In any case you had brought up or and you posted into that beautiful image you yes posted in the topics chat that beautiful gorgeous image
1: of of biden america's most charming senile yes uh, yes Joseph our biden our
0: favored uh, geriatric
1: <laughs> dark dark brandon as he's being termed now uh, going goblin mode
0: yes yes <laughs> up there on the stage Red lights illuminated behind yeah. him with his fists
1: in black the air. and red are the primary colors uh the, of the like the surrounding stage I guess you could say.
0: Yes. Uh. Now supposedly, <laughs> supposedly this. Um there were several feeds of this. CNN apparently color balanced their feeds so that the lights looked magenta.
1: Oh which, really?
0: Yes. Which, if you, if you actually look at it, the American flag behind him, the red stripes are pink on the CNN feed. Oh, dude, no way. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. They actually color balanced it so the lights looked purple. Um, and, and, the, so and the American flag
1: is pink. He was giving a speech um basically talking about like how our democracy is under threat from maga republicans right maga
0: like, republicans that's the term
1: yes yes um, and basically, like there, I didn't really link the speech because, like, obviously there, it was all a lot of you know uh, fluff and just, uh, just what you would expect from a politician, you know, political speak. Nothing really of substance at all. Just you know, our democracy is under threat. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these good Republicans who are like moderate Republicans, and then there's these MAGA Republicans, and they're you know a threat to our, our yeah. democracy. And, the you know, last leave, half, you know, the
0: the last half of the speech was totally empty. The first half was very threatening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude. So this picture that um, we're looking at, listeners, this is a picture of Joe Biden in a very unf- – this is all just a very unfortunate series of events going on right now for him uh, in this picture. So in the picture – he has his fists raised up, both fists, and he's like yelling. And in the backdrop is a building with red. It's dark out. It's nighttime. So you have the black, the, the blackness and then you have the red lighting. And then you have two like uh, Navy guards in the back. Uh, uh,
0: they are. They look like Marines. They're Navy Marines guards. in dress. Marines right, yeah. in yeah. Yeah, dress blues. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you have Marines in the back uh doing the uh you know i had to do it to impose uh you know the classic <laughs> um uh, but they're like silhouetted right they're completely silhouetted,
0: silhouetted against a red blood red, red background
1: yes so this is like every type of like empire ever depicted in media has the same aesthetic exactly and i it's, don't know why it's evil empire aesthetic yeah exactly like uh uh one of my friends uh Trigy, uh who used to be on twitter he was s- saying that this looked like uh uh general hux from episode seven it uh, does it does seven. well it's it had, because it all of this
0: despair. it does <laughs> it's, be, well, it's because the it's it's a nazi aesthetic yes yeah
1: it's, <laughs> it's very how unfortunate for him <laughs>
0: and they were saying on the feed that i was watching of this i watched it live on the feed that i was watching they were saying at they didn't color correct it and they were saying or not color correct i guess color shift but and they were saying after the speech there was somebody who was saying well there were there were more colored lights there it actually looked more more uh red and blue but uh, all the cameras picked up was red and i'm like i don't believe you for a second
1: i don't believe that's true it's just like like this like if you look at this picture of Joe Biden and I listeners I, if, you, if you've if you been on the internet at all I'm sure you've probably seen this image like memed somewhere oh, it yeah. was all over the oh, internet yeah. and it. it was everywhere Um, uh, like this image like this looks like you know this is what like a demagogue giving a speech when he feels like he's lost control <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and he's just like just going to commit some like <laughs> Horrible atrocity.
0: <laughs> it's the, the the speech itself, at the beginning of the speech the, the, the way that the speech began, it's about the, the speech was titled uh The Battle for the Soul of the Nation,
1: right? Oh yes.
0: And yeah. and and the beginning of the speech is all about how these MAGA Republicans are this big threat to democracy. And and, and for added context, this was the evening following uh the uh, the sort of the press poll meeting where, uh, oh, what's her face? The woman who's the current uh, press secretary, the public face. I seat. don't even remember her name. Yeah. It's some French sounding thing. Um, but she was, she said, um, and this is close to a quote, but it's not exactly perfect. Um, uh, Americans who think outside of the mainstream of America, oh. that's extreme thinking. And that's dangerous.
1: <sighs> no wow yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so if you're outside the mainstream you're an extremist definitionally, right. and 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 those comments were of course given in the context of this speech was coming Right. Like they knew right. that. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think Biden just like wrote the speech or something like uh, minutes before he went on? Yeah. Exactly. Like, All this we, stuff was planned. The speech, the speech had been planned weeks in advance, if not months. This yeah, was, yeah, this is a known thing. And, and
0: it's known to the press office. And that's why she said what she said. So the, right. the 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 MAGA Republicans talking points, the Trump and his MAGA Republicans, I think, was said at one point um
1: it, it's that's predictive programming
0: exactly exactly you've already softened up the population with this press with this uh press briefing in the morning and then you come out and 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 expand on all that at the, at the speech where mm-hmm. you say that that MAGA Republicans are a quote clear and present danger now i don't believe for a second that biden doesn't know that that's not a legal standard anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's the same legal standard from the shank case so i i, I think it, it, at the very least biden is invoking something like legalese which would be used to strip people of their civil rights right at worst he still thinks that's the legal standard which is not uncommon at all and i wouldn't be surprised if he does
1: Yeah, listening to the speech, and obviously it was all a lot of fluff, but it was also very, I I found some parts very interesting. You know, you get this a lot, obviously, from people, from our perspective, we, you know, we're kind of, like, attuned to, like, listen for these types of things. But, like, when he's talking about, like, uh, democracy and it's sacred and everything, it's like... no, like, democracy, and especially, like, and you can say this about political figures in general, democracy is more of a vessel than it is an actual thing to most people, right? Yeah, just, people people act like vessel. democracy is a good in itself, and it, it blows me away. Well, they act well, – when people talk about democracy, they, what I mean by when I say it's a vessel is that – it's kind of like this amorphous thing that people just give shape to in whatever way they want to give shape to it, and whatever like whatever their their view of good is, they're like, oh yeah, that's a synonymous with democracy. Dem- so democracy yeah. is merely a synonym of good or things I like. Democracy
0: is a term that they use to carry around all their assumptions about good governance
1: yeah exactly exactly so it doesn't really so oftentimes when you talk to people about democracy and this is often how you can get into contradictions where it's like you know uh if people elect donald trump uh it's not democratic if people elect joe biden it is democratic uh right so, you know, yeah, because ultimately they're not using democracy in any way that we would use it necessarily um as a description of a system like- Yeah, exactly you're using it as an amorphous you know does this further what i think is good? that's ultimately what they mean by democracy yeah generally. and they often this is often true of political figures too right it doesn't really matter what a political figure believes mostly um what matters is uh like how malleable this candidate is to being a vessel that i can imprint Uh, my own you know beliefs onto and that yeah because when I because when people do this when they imprint their own beliefs onto this like figure this political figure they can be like he represents me but he's not representing you you just put your what you think your values or what your values are onto what you think his what you think he is he's a
0: he's as blank a face as you can possibly have in a political candidate that you can graft your personality onto
1: exactly
0: and in much the same way the people that they do in fiction you know you talk about the monomyth and you talk about the hero's journey also that there's a reason that they're that they don't have personalities and it's because that's what makes them relatable to you the audience is you can just exactly put whatever you want on them
1: Exactly. Yes, this is. And, and I, I think it's absolutely true. And I think speaking to the average person, I think uh, will validate that, too, because most people have no idea what uh, Joe Biden believes. In fact, the biggest criticisms against Trump were um, when he made it so that he wasn't as easily malleable to some people. Mm-hmm. Right. When he was overly brash or overly Um, Let's say uh, abrasive in some sense or overly opinionated in some sense, maybe Um, he was not diplomatic uh, in a lot of ways. Well, um, it falls in um, line with the populist
0: kind of thing that sort of
1: everyone's thinking and I'm just saying it. Exactly. Yeah. And and for some people, uh, the more bland you are almost and not in uh, I don't mean bland in like a not charismatic way, but bland in the sense. I'm not going to take hard positions at all in any way. A lot of people like that because then they can just kind of like read what they want to read into this person. Yeah,
0: you're an Um, empty if you're
1: an empty suit, people can just fill you up with whatever. Yeah, it's like a Rorschach inkblot test, right? People will look and see whatever they they want to see from it. That's Um, that's an excellent point. And that's sort of what like politics is as a game generally. Right. right. So this is like, like all, the worst things about Trump were the things no one even knew about or cared about. Mm-hmm. It was all that he makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, right? Or he's not relatable to me, or something like that, right? Just uh, that that was often the biggest criticism. And I think that I think it, it's it's absolutely true that most people just want someone where they can feel comfortable with, and that's what they generally vote on. Not yeah. always. But uh, uh, at least a good amount of people, uh, or
0: they vote against. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that that Americans vote against things, so the they, they vote they vote against whatever makes them
1: uncomfortable. I agree, but I think it's still a case of this person, this other person is makes me more uncomfortable than this person, and therefore I'm going to vote for them right exactly. Yeah, other person is more grading on me. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a, it's a, it's kind of bonkers, but the, looking at. The imagery of that thing. I, I'm I'm wondering
1: if they were purposefully leaning into the into the dark Brandon meme. I can't I can't imagine that they weren't or that they didn't have some like foreknowledge of this, right? Because obviously, look, uh, it, as much as we want to say, I don't think people in the government are all stupid. Surely, someone could have looked at this and like look because, like as you said, this was planned. This wasn't like some snap their fingers on the moment, let's just turn the lights on type thing. These lights were planted there. The building backdrop was obviously staged, right? It wasn't random which building he was going to be outside exactly. Of and how, how the lights reflected off of it, how it looked, what time of night it was. Uh, these types of things are all like planned out in advance. So they had to have known how this would have looked.
0: Thats That's what I'm saying it's like people are acting like they like it was an accident that no. this is the most fascist imagery we've had in the United States in, in a very long time yeah. <laughs> but, but it's it's I, I, I it's that's um incredibly naive
1: yeah, absolutely
0: i i can't I can't comprehend thinking that that, that they didn't know what this was
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as I said, they don't they don't just like just wake up one day and decide, oh, yeah, let's just do this. This was all planned. Uh, like they have coordinators whose very specific job is like setting the stage and setting like how the background of a speech will look or like how where the cameras are placed or like where the media is allowed to stand you know what is the framing of this shot uh you know all, all these types of things these are all planned out in advance and have uh you know a lot of like methodology behind them as to like w- how they're going to make this look yeah, people think uh, about this stuff yeah absolutely uh it's yeah so does anyone saying, well it was just it just happenstance just a little oopsie no 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 <laughs> I don't think so
0: even if they weren't leaning into dark brand and they certainly wanted right. to
1: invoke anger and ominous, yeah, red and black together generally uh have this cultural um feeling of unease or ominous feeling, yeah, right? yeah, in fact, it's on the feed I was welcome.
0: watching, one of the people afterwards said that he had this ominous red light, and they used that exact word,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it, it, I don't think it was certainly not an accident. Uh, and also, if you wanted uh, to be like, so right, this is a this is a common thing people do. And obviously, you know, I don't know if anyone has, like has any type of background in filmmaking. Uh, colors often uh, in, are used to insinuate a change in tone or mood within, a, like right. even before any like. Uh, dialogue or action happens within anything the the color change will often indicate a certain like tonal change uh like prior to any like human interaction uh, denoting that uh and you know it, it oftentimes when if this was just going to be a happy-go-lucky speech you would have had more lighter colors in there right and not like red and black Right. red against the night the darkness of the night is exactly. Not, not exactly a uh, uh something that invokes uh, to most people hope
0: yeah and that's not a mystery like that, that's not that would not be a mystery to the people planning this event that yeah. they they they're not they're not yeah. sitting up looking around going boy this looks kind of creepy they wanted that exactly uh, so it 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 kind of I don't know, man. The, just the tone of the speech. Okay, so the 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 speech was delivered in two halves. The first half uh, mm-hmm. I, I've kind of uh, broken this down already, but the first half was evil MAGA Republicans threat to democracy, right? And and he says at one point something on the lines of "You can't support insurrection and support democracy." So they're really really running on the January sixth thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the second half was. A, a stump speech. The second half yeah. was this is all the stuff I've accomplished. We did this thing and this thing and this and thing. And we will and make this... it
1: together and you know, all this yeah. bullshit like political speak. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It was it was very much a stump speech. So the 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 mm-hmm. way that just the, the delivery of it was so strange because that tonal shift mm-hmm. is so clear and he's still got this lighting behind him and stuff while he's patting himself on the back. Um it, it was a very odd thing. I almost... Uh, I don't know. But they, they immediately... The next day, they started kind of walking back some of the MAGA Republican stuff. Mm-hmm. They started talking about... like well, cause People were just like, wait, are you saying everyone that voted for Trump is an enemy of democracy? And they were like, no! <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we might think that half the population hates democracy, but we're not saying that. Right, half the voting population, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was an incredible, incredible speech, um, mm-hmm. and the imagery, dude. It's you just can't get away. And and the way that that they've been transparently trying to paper over this, the CNN. There's a there's a there's a, a, a an image that people are sharing that's taken from way up higher, and it's clearly color corrected. Because again, pink American flag <laughs> behind him. Right. Um, and it's, it's from way up higher where you can see like the walkway. You couldn't even see that in the, in the actual, uh, feed. Like the feed right. was square on him with the flag behind him. It was all very square. And this image is like from way up high and you can see the, the, the lights behind him. And like, so it looks like shit and it's clearly color corrected. And you're like, this is what it really looked like. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But they're doing a lot of stuff to try and paper over how uh, how how this looked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The major optics problem they're having, and I saw a lot of people pointing that out. Even on the left, they were saying like these, these are not great optics.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just not great at all. <laughs> and that's really an understatement. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's a it's it fascinates me. It's one of those things too. Looking at it. And I was talking to my dad the other day about this stuff, and it's like this is this is all follow the republic shit. This is what it looks mm-hmm. like. Like this is this is what it looks like when a republic yes. is on the is yeah. on the other side of the of the curve. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything's trending like down. That's the thing, right? Is that it, like no matter what you think, like I, I don't think like someone is wrong to think, oh yeah, this looks like fascist imagery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly, and it's I'm
0: I'm again we talk in the much... marine
1: the silhouetted marines also is a very ominous thing. Like you, okay, so obviously you know there's been political speeches with marines in the background that that alone is not ominous, but it's the fact that they're against a, a red backdrop and that the color obviously they're they're wearing darker colors, so they're appearing as silhouettes because they silhouetted
0: the in dress blues. Them.
1: Yeah, the, the red is behind them, uh, and then yeah, it's just.
0: Yeah. Not, it, not
1: great imagery.
0: It's, it's fall of the Republic shit. It's absolutely right. fall of the Republic shit. I was, like I said, I was talking to my dad about this stuff. I'm like, there's no, there's no way that the Republic survives past this. This is, this, this tumultuous period is the downslope. This is it. Like there, there's no, there's no possible way. I mean, dude, this show is called the end times continue. Yes. The, the reason the Dan Carlin quote is at the beginning of the intro is because um, I, at least, believe that to be true, and and Ace, I, I think you do too. That that we're living in a time yeah, of massive
1: change. <laughs> absolutely, yeah.
0: And it's this is the empire falling. I, I it's yeah. if you look at the I've been talking again. I've been talking to my dad about this a lot. If you look at the economic reality of. Uh, the Empire mm-hmm. If you look at the economic reality Of, of it all There is there is no way And I did a thread on this the other day There is no way To reliably build wealth anymore mm-hmm, The idea right. The idea of upward mobility Simply doesn't exist For a lot of people And I, yeah. I, I posit the argument That we've had a, a That people talking about a K-shaped recovery After COVID Are only doing so because history began in 2015, right now, Mm -hmm. and this is actually a K-shaped economy, and it has been for a very long time. Um, all of the incentives are are aligned to loot the middle class. Yes.
1: The the uh, there is no upward mobility, not guaranteed anyway. Yeah, and also like after I think after 2008 too, uh, people have this kind of like sense at least the, a subconscious one like in the back of their minds where they they have this thoughts like you know even if i save it could all be gone tomorrow type thing yes
0: right? yeah and, and the idea really, that the traditional knowledge is that your biggest investment is your house right that was right that's right. the knowledge that boomers grew up with that's the knowledge that gen x grew up with and that's the knowledge that 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 early millennials grew up with and then the housing crisis happened <laughs> yep and everybody kind of yeah. realized, oh, no, this this stuff just goes away. This stuff just stops. There's no there's there is no housing is your best investment. First of all, they stopped building small housing. The mm-hmm. median housing price right now is over four hundred thousand dollars. And wages are stagnant. That's a one hundred and thirty something, I think, percent increase mm-hmm. since 1970. Median cost of housing. <laughs> And wages are not up since 1970. Wages are the same. It was uh, uh, inflation-adjusted median wages in 1970 were 66k, Mm -hmm. and in uh, 2020 is is uh, 67k. Unmoved. Yeah. There's no upward mobility. The economy's fundamentally broken.
1: Yeah, there. I, I think like a lot of people, right, have like as I was saying before, they have this general sense. That things are just not okay, and people are just trying to l- go on to get by. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, sort of thing. But I, I, I think there is this general sense where it's like, you know, they're they're often, and I don't know how much emphasis people ever put on this. I don't know how much of it is just like a retrospective type thing. But uh, there, there was a sense in America a while ago that, uh, you, you know, the the best days were ahead of us type thing. And yeah. truthfully, I don't mean to sound all doom and gloom, but I, I think there's a large portion of the population which don't think that. Or, like, they don't see any, you know, uh, this is, uh, you know, they just see it kind of like wandering in the desert as economically, that we're just going around and around. <laughs> That's and a great way to describe
0: but. it. That is a and great hopefully way we end up.
1: Hopefully we end up somewhere good, but, you know, we're just going to keep doing this until we can find something at the very least. But it's it's not like, you know, that that hope for, uh, you know, a, a, a super wealthy industrial society all across, you know, the even the lowest class getting lifted up economically. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people have hope for that. And, I, and then generally, I think, like, a lot of people who become socialists uh, – can kind of feel that. And I think that's kind of what pushes them to think that socialism is the answer.
0: The rise but, of, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I think that's true that people are reacting to a general unease and, yeah. and this idea that, cause look, I'm, 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 and I've said this before. I love the bootstrap. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. one of those guys that's like, yeah, man, fucking work at it and you'll get there. Um, right. But if I'm being honest with myself <laughs> and looking around at the economic situation, the reality: sixty percent of people uh, in in or in 2020 before COVID, sixty-five percent of people were living paycheck to paycheck. Sixty-five percent of people. Yeah, that's not yeah. just poor people. That's the middle class. No. Yeah. So the, 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 the idea that you can bootstrap in this economy, especially yeah. post the dot-com crash, I think. But it might even go back into the 90s. This
1: – go ahead. No, go for it. No, I was going to say this is the thing I think where conservatives completely – like conservatives have always had like not great messaging, very bad messaging. But even the benefit of the giving them the benefit of the doubt, I think this is where they lost a lot of people to the left when they were talking about, like, oh, just pull yourself up with your own bootstraps, not realizing that the state was, like, on people's necks, and, like, like just, like, the economy at the time, realizing that people could have saved their entire lives and had it all wiped out in an, in an instant. And, and we know that's because of, like, uh, state policies and things like that. That's the ultimate cause of that. But for most people, when the conservatives just seem to have this general, like, uh, just did not care at all uh, for, to, to people, at least in a rhetorical sense, where they said that, oh, yeah, just pull yourself up with your own bootstraps. I think to a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, screw these people. I'm just going to, you know, become a socialist or something like that. Uh, right. You know, just that they start looking to other places besides, you know, the common uh, political system, because obviously that had screwed them in the past. And I only, think that's all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The only people who have effective messaging with regard to the working class are the left there's no right. there's there's no working class messaging coming from the right, and mm-hmm. when they do it's shitty like it's not good messaging right. when they do it's wrong when they do it's right. about how we're losing all our jobs to china well that's not right that's not strictly a negative thing think about um the 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 costs have been kept under control, especially for uh things like electronics and uh and 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 consumer goods. Costs have been kept under control because there's cheap labor in China. If there wasn't mm-hmm. cheap labor in China, that shit would be far more expensive than it actually is. You don't want that fucking uh, market here. You don't want that. If, if all you're concerned yeah. about is economics, and you drop any concern for for uh, human well being, right? Um, mm-hmm. Using the slave conditions in China to make your consumer goods is the right move. The problem mm-hmm. is all of the domestic economic policy that we've seen, uh, and and it goes beyond it goes beyond just like housing prices and shit like that. I, I I've talked before about like the mechanics of the student loan system. It's designed mm-hmm. to loot the middle class. All of these systems are designed to loot the middle class. And yeah. if you're and if yeah. you do that enough, eventually you depress that bell
1: curve, and there's no right. upward mobility. Right this that's often like one of the so one of the problems right is, is if you think about this from just purely a mechanical in a, in a purely mechanical way right if you're a state and you're trying to like loot people for their money at a certain point, if you do it too much, if you press too hard, you begin to like disincentivize production and then at that point you're that you as a state are then going to get less money. Uh, from these people because obviously you you fucked over your own economy and at that point you have to print money uh, right which, yeah. which is going to fuck over the economy more and then it just becomes a cycle over and over we're patching whole like every time you patch a hole in the boat a new one pops up and then it's just like this uh, this inevitable sinking to the bottom that you're trying to patch up as time goes it's a slow then, economic collapse which is worse than I think a fast one often uh, in, yeah. in a lot of cases oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, because
0: there's no correction. You
1: exactly. Keep, you
0: exactly. keep trying to use all these all these uh, synthetic methods of correcting an economic yep. problem, and it's it, they never work. They don't work.
1: Right. I mean, so, that's what the Fed did in like 2008. And like, yeah. <laughs> like what happened? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they. I mean, again, there's no. The the guarantee of upward mobility is gone, and I think you're right. This is where the conservatives fail: is that the mm-hmm. conservatives do not have an honest view of the American economy. They they mm-hmm. still see it as it was in like the 1970s and 80s, where where you know immigrant families come over and bootstrap their way into the middle class, and all of a sudden, right. like, yeah, fine, that's all well and good, and it worked then. But that was also a world where the 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 knowledge, the wisdom was that you didn't spend more than 30 percent on housing. Median is now 36 percent of your income. Yeah. At the median, it's you're spending 36 percent or more on housing. Yeah. So the idea that the old rules are dead.
1: Right. (laughs) That world you uh, remember is no longer here. Like, that's just it's it's not it's gone. And they don't yeah. realize that they, they don't get it. I don't
0: understand. Also,
1: I don't understand what this insistence is. And I, I think conservatives have gotten a little better, like a little they've uh, woken up to it a little bit more. But like this conservative insistence that, well, we live in a free market we live in a free country and a free market and if you want to get something you can just work for it and while yeah. that's true it's not that you they're wrong entirely you absolutely can do that the, the what they don't talk about or what they don't acknowledge is that uh it could all be gone in an instant uh because of how like unstable the economy is exactly there's there's uh, even if you policies. manage
0: even if you manage to bootstrap there's no stability
1: yeah <laughs> So so that's what's like causing, I think, a lot of people to have like, well, what does it even matter? That type of mindset. Right. Um, They're not going to like save for the future. They're going to just go on day by day, like, you know, as I said, wandering in the desert, because obviously, you know, why would I save all this money when it's just going to get eradicated in the future? And there's certainly truth to that. Right. I mean, obviously, the dollar has lost over 96 percent of its value in a little more than 100 years yeah uh and that's a that's a huge thing when you think about that uh so you know when you have that type of mindset it, it, it does it does there is a certain amount of sense you can grasp from that where it's like yeah why would these people save uh now obviously i think saving is obviously still good even if you know there's a chance it could be eradicated but it's it's still like i can understand where they're coming from in their uh lack of motivation to
0: actually well it encourages high time preference thinking when you know that it could all be taken away tomorrow it it encourages you to live for today and not think about the future so much Mm -hmm. and there's a there's I mean it's 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 which further lends to the instability because then you have people taking on consumer debt that they can't handle and and it, it it snowballs into negative conditions for everyone and, but ultimately, it comes down to policy. It's a policy question. It's it's about again. If you remember, uh, I can't remember his name. Was it Ben Bernanke? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, who said in 2006? Um, and this is a direct quote. I've committed this quote to memory. Uh, You're not going to see the kind of collapse that people talk about when they talk about a bubble, and that is why our committee will continue to push for home ownership.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's a direct quote.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're damn near it. In 2006. So it's, it's, uh, th- this is a policy issue. This is entirely a policy mm-hmm. question, the way the mechanics align. And it makes people feel uneasy. And then you have Biden going up on stage looking like fucking Hitler.
1: And it's, right. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't make people feel good. Right. Exactly. I, uh, if you think here's the th- here's the thing, right? If you think these people are extremists, um, going out and and uh, accusing them, uh, othering them, right, making them the other, uh, that's not exactly going to make uh, make them think. Hmm, you know, maybe this Joe Biden guy uh, really does care about me. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it, well, uh, it, it certainly doesn't make them think that the political system is there to serve them if if you exactly. if you're purposefully excluding people from civic life in that sense in, in the in the yeah. not necessarily even in a concrete way like taking away their voting yeah. rights or whatever if you are if you are mentally mentally making people feel that they are excised from civic life um yeah. they they only become worse
1: <laughs> right
0: it's 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 very much kind of it's kind of like the, the the situation that we talked about with felonies, where if you have a felony on your record, you're basically excised from civic life. I mean, the most at that point, all you can really do is crime. Right. It's it's kind of the same thing, the same effect. And it's a it's <clears throat> look. I, I agree with the people who make the point that, first of all, I don't think that Biden is being honest when he says agree. When he says that he doesn't think it's all Republicans or whatever, I I, I right, think agree. I think he sees a portion of Republicans as being people he can work with, but those people are what what I think mainstream Republicans would call rhinos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. The the I don't I don't believe him. I I right. do believe I do believe the the press secretary when she says her or I'm not sure if that's her actual position, but she's the I think it is. When she says that if you're outside of mainstream thought, you're an extremist. Right. I believe that. I think that's the truth. So, it's... Alienating people in that way is not how you encourage them to behave peacefully. (laughs) Right. And I'm not I'm not trying to justify anything either. Let's say, for example, let's say January 6th, these people were armed and they did take over the government and start establishing their own edicts and yada, yada, yada. I wouldn't support that either. But I just don't buy it.
1: Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with that.
0: I mean there's the there's also some truth and I was going to say this at the beginning of the sentence and then I got sidetracked. There's also some truth to the idea that like if it was if it was, you know, in quotes, if it was us, you'd know.
1: <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like if January 6th was a bunch of uh gun-loving, you know, conservative, Bible belt conservatives or whatever, like if that's if that was their goal and purpose was insurrection,
1: you would know. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't have like, it wouldn't have looked like it did. Right. If it was actually an insurrection, do usually I I don't know of many unarmed insurrections. Uh so you think if, if it was an actual insurrection, you'd think they would have uh, actually been serious about it and carried arms into the building. Uh yeah. Yeah. And there'd be yeah. a lot more dead people. Like open carry, yeah, and actually use them, right. Yeah. <laughs> It it just I don't know I, I think
0: there's a lot of I I think it's fear mongering too I think I think what mm-hmm. they're doing I think they've decided that a good method of maintaining support is fear mongering to Biden voters like even those that were moderates who were just voting against Trump for mean tweets or whatever I think the way that they can I think they've decided that if they just keep the base and, and those moderates afraid, they'll keep voting blue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm... That seems like the strategy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a smart move long-term.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to be, like, a very unstable, like, gesture. Like, I... I don't think that's a it's a good strategy. So I, I'd be curious about like, it just in like a, a real politics sense, I guess, like, what is their like actual general goal for that? Like their honest goal? Like, what do they think they're going to achieve with it? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What are their goals at all? This is a thing. Yeah, that,
0: I, I, I it's they're just running against Trump again. That's all they're doing is right. it, go going into November. They're running against Trump again, and it's like I mean right. that might work politically, but what does it say about you? What are you going to do? What are you doing? Right. What, <laughs> what are your goals? What are your ideas? What's legislation you want to pass?
1: Yeah, it's it's I, and again I I think it, that type of stuff like. Us as people, we're interested in that. And I think that the people like the like sort of libertarian community ask those questions. I'm not necessarily sure most people ask those questions. I think most people care about the economy, first off, because that's the thing that most directly affects them. And it's mostly just uh, which I think, you know, Biden is uh, not looking great on. No, <laughs> it's like even if you think that some of the things happening isn't Biden's fault. And I'll be willing to say that, you know, a lot of these problems have occurred way before Biden became president certainly that most people don't care about that they care about is the economy good right now okay i'll vote for the incumbent right Right. if the economy is bad i will not vote for the incumbent uh so ultimately it's ultimately the economy and in some sense how much can i relate to this person how many of my values can i put on this person and they will reflect back to me
0: right Um, it's Did you see the ATF sort of leaked that they're doing pistol brace, that they're going to do pistol brace amnesty, right? The idea that, um, they're going to make pistol braces illegal. Uh, and so you, if you already have one, they'll give you a stamp. And if you don't, they're going to make them, uh, a, a, uh, uh, oh shit. I can't remember the acronym. I can't get NFT out of my head. Um, an NFA item. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of shit that, as as you're saying, people don't think about. Yeah, I I think people don't think about that. I'm not saying that they would necessarily disagree with it if they did, but people don't think about the implications of elections. They vote with their gut. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons that democracy doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Since people people aren't um people are rational actors in that they make the choice that they think will best serve them at the time but they're not mm-hmm. thinking four or five steps down the road
1: exactly Yep.
0: and it's it's <clears throat> i don't know again it's like all the people saying well, let's just take the guns it's like well what are you gonna do like how
1: <laughs> you just take them yeah you just take them you just take them you just, just- you just grab them. Yeah. You hold, you grab them in your hand. <laughs> you yeah, but like, you know, that people are going to die if you try that. And it's like, uh, well no, you take the guns before they before they shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. See how easy this is? We can just we solve all these problems so easily. <laughs> you just you just don't let them fire the gun. Simple. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean
0: to take it back to guns all the time, but it's a, it's an excellent example of people not thinking past the first order effects. Yeah. says Well, we just got to take these. Uh, okay. But how, what, what, hmm. what do you do? How, how many ATF agents are you going to sacrifice on that altar? What, what do you, mm-hmm. what's the plan here? Um, there's not one. And I think it was it's, it's like that with politicians right. too. You think about Ukraine, and it's like, what's the plan why why are you, why right, are you exactly. sending all these guns? Why are you antagonizing Russia? They're obviously going to win. Why are you doing this? Well, uh because it looks good politically. Okay, but that's not going to work long term. <laughs> I just don't know the there's a, there's an interesting I don't know. It's just the mood is very interesting. Mm -hmm. There seems to be no desire for, for, uh, there seems to be no desire. I mean, even, even Biden who ran on the unity thing is out talking about MAGA Republicans and yada, yada, yada. There's no desire for that. Right.
1: Yeah. No like reconciliation at all. Right. Like it it very much is a, which is such a strange strategy to me because it almost seems like, if they're smart at all, they they have to understand that this is going to like embolden that base more, right? Because like everything they thought about the government or had an inclination towards uh is turning out to be true. It's like, "Oh yeah, these people do hate us. They're not on our side." Uh and that's only going to embolden them, I think.
0: The general mood seems to be that nobody wants to make peace with their political enemies. They want to punish them.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Or who they perceive to be their political enemies. I mean, look, I mean being being as as disconnected from the duopoly as 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 we generally are, we can see the Uniparty. Neither mm-hmm. neither party's gonna actually do anything about the money, neither party's actually gonna do anything about the economy, neither party's actually gonna do anything about neo about uh, neocon foreign policy. They all love it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the but but the average i think the average sort of partisan america again like half of people vote anyway nobody gives a fuck about politics but those that kind of give a fuck about politics are very partisan and uh they 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 have a thirst for retribution that i'm seeing in uh i mean governor kathy hochel saying republicans should just leave the state of new york yeah (laughs) (laughs) what
1: I mean, that was such a, a wild comment.
0: I know. I don't. This is. You're. You think you live in a functional democracy? Look at this. <laughs> right?
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, look are you, are these your represent? Are these your representatives?
0: <laughs>
1: are, you, are you? Do you feel represented, Anon? yes exactly.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh. This is not, these are not things that happen in a functional democracy if such a thing exists. And yeah. there's the, the, the freaking vote buying and all that other shit too. I don't know, man. I do know if you look back, if you look back, especially you look back into the, one of the more fascinating periods in the 1950s and 60s, um, there, there's no such thing as a functional democracy in America.
1: And it yeah. has
0: been. The, the, I mean, you look back at the... I mean, union, unions would just tell their members this is who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, no, there's no such thing as democracy. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> so they're making this... Honestly, I think, I think the term the God that failed is becoming more and more yeah. um,
1: apropos. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, to most people, it is, right? It, it very much is this idea that it's more of this amorphous thing than it is, like, a system or mechanism. Do you know what I mean? Like, when they talk about democracy, they can – it's very hard for them to give specifics on what they actually mean by it. Um, or they may mean something just, like, very colloquial, like, well, power to the people or something like sure. that. Whatever that means.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> They see it as a as a it's a they don't it's not about the f- structure right. of the democracy like what what to, what the word democracy describes it's not about that it's about a system by which my ends are met
1: right exactly and it's a it's yeah. a
0: horrible thing there's a there's a are there, we were talking to somebody the idea of ends means thinking or there was somebody uh, you were talking to. Uh, who who mm-hmm. is talking about um the ends justifying the means and all this other stuff and and one of the things that again the the Kantian sort of deontological idea that that the mm-hmm. people are ends in themselves that yeah. if you're treating a person as a means to an end, uh, treating a person as a means yeah. to an end, what you're doing is is a priori unethical
1: yeah yeah you're 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 subjugating them. To a place uh, that is not uh, essentially, you're just being dishonest. There's also a a component of that, right? When you're treating a person as a mere means, because uh, if if a person is not a mere means, then you're you're treating them as a mere means is a uh, falsehood in some sense, right? It's a lie. Um, Yeah. Uh, So it it is one of those things where, uh, you know, and also you bring up the, the Kantian ethic too. Like one of the reasons Kant rejects like consequentialism is Kant, of course, believes that. The only thing people can really act on or have power over is the or like is the maxim that they choose to act upon. They can't really, in some sense, the consequences almost out of their hands. In some sense, uh, that's not to say that their actions don't lead to consequences, but it's often a case that we often one of the reasons is that we often don't know all the consequences of our actions. Yeah, we might know you, the you can't the pers- Right, right. But but that doesn't mean so. Like it's one of the reasons um, that I think consequentialism is flawed is that um if you 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 can it doesn't really say well consequences over how long like like if you're yeah. going to judge a, the morality of an action by its consequences well the consequences proceed into the future infinitely sometimes right uh so like how are you going to judge you you don't have like you're not an un- omnipotent you don't know where this chain ends so how can you judge the morality of this action based on consequences which, is, which are ahead of you, which you don't know yet? Uh, that seems, And if the, that was your standard, then and like if the, the purpose of one well, of the purposes of um, like moral reasoning is to figure out how we should act. And it seems that by judging things by their consequences, we could never come to a decision on how to act in the first place because we don't have knowledge of all the consequences of the decision, quite frankly.
0: Um, Um, Are you saying that the same problem that defeats the idea of the planned economy is the problem that defeats consequentialism? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's the I mean, but it is it's the exact same economic problem. Yeah. And, and, and it and it matters with regard to just like that. It's you, you. There is no way that you can know what is going to result from a given action.
1: Right. And even if you – even if you, right, there's often – right, there's first-order consequences, the direct consequence of your action. But consequentialists don't make a distinction. I mean, they do make a distinction, but I don't think they make a sub, uh, substantive distinction between a first-order consequence and a later-order consequence. If you're judging the morality of an action by the consequences of that action, you may be able to make – a consequentialist might be able to make some determination – of whether the action was good or bad based on the consequences. But what about the consequences of that consequence? <laughs> you right. know, like, what, what about the things that then come after that, that may be bad? So it could very well be the case, theoretically, uh, consequentials might view an action as good based on the first order consequence. But later on down the line, the second, third, and fourth order consequences of the first order consequence might be bad. So uh, it seems that you you can't make a, uh, it's hard to make a determinative, um um or just a determination on what is good or bad uh just given the first order consequence exactly
0: there's no there's it's it's a it's a it's a problem of knowledge and the yeah. the the and again that's one of the things that attracts me to the idea of the of the kingdom of ends is this is this hmm. sort of presupposition that you can judge the morality of most actions based upon the mm-hmm. relationship between the actor and the other person upon whom they're acting. If, if you if yes. if they are being treated as an end in themselves, that's a great starting place for whether or not the action is uh, is moral or ethical.
1: Right. It, re- if, it reaches the said the bare necessity. Uh, right. At that
0: point. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and this is one of the things, too, that the the sort of issue of the non-aggression axiom or the non-aggression principle being mm. being the basis for a moral system. And some people do use it as such, but but it's not. It's incomplete. The non-aggression axiom doesn't say yes, anything about the kingdom of ends.
1: Uh, I yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I, okay. This is a good point, right? So how I view this. Uh, so the kingdom of ends, I've thought about this a lot. Um, how I view the non-aggression principle fi- working in it. I think the non-aggression principle is obviously completely consistent and I think necessary. The kingdom for of ends kingdom of necessitates ends. the non-aggression principle, yes. but, but it's not, but the non-aggression principle is not sufficient to necessarily meet. to complete exactly. the kingdom of ends. Yes, That's exactly. Right. So, like you could think about this in, in one in the way of um, the non-aggression principle uh, is complete in the sense that it it fulfills it's a system that fulfills what we are owed to each other in terms of right enforceability in terms of enforceability of, of like moral claims. Right. So with the kingdom of ends, I think there are moral claims that extend beyond the non-aggression principle, right. For how you should treat people in just your like day to day life that does not involve aggression at all. But, um, that doesn't mean that those, um, those moral values are necessarily enforceable. So some moral values I think are enforceable. Some of them are not. Um, uh, and I think I, that's uh, the key distinction that needs to be
0: Yeah. Made. What can you respond to with violence? That's ultimately yes. the, the answer. That's the, the, the question that is answered the by the non-aggression yeah. axiom, but, but yes. the, the uh, an easy judgment I mean considering uh in in the context of the kingdom of ends, right uh, one of the things that people get really wrapped up in is sexual behavior, right People get mm-hmm. really wrapped up in the idea that like immoral quote unquote immoral sexual behavior, whatever they think that is, is not uh is is conceded to entirely by the non aggression axiom but in in my in my view, the most immoral sexual behavior is one in which one person is using another. Right. uh for for uh to accomplish their own ends without regard to the ends of the other right so this idea that like to me an immoral sexual relationship is one between a user and the used whereby a person is is you know using another person uh for agree. their yes. own ends but that's yes. again but that's to that's a, fair, but I, that, I
1: think I I think a person who would argue that uh, certain sexual acts are immoral. Are arguing it from a more of a, a completely different framework than like you know, I agree. That. But I, I would agree. I, but agree, I would agree.
0: But I, with I, I use that as an example of a moral yeah. claim that can be made outside of the non-aggression axiom.
1: Oh, I agree. Yes. Because
0: there are yeah. other things you have to bring to the table.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. So whenever people talk, you, you get this criticism all the time of libertarianism because it's like they'll they'll talk about well the non-aggression principle doesn't have anything to say about uh, X or Y and it's like yeah we know uh, it's not trying to so exactly it's, it's not nothing it's not saying nothing anything prohibited here. Or things that are not prohibited by the non-aggression principle are therefore are good that's nowhere in libertarianism no. like libertarianism does not say that libertarianism, re- libertarianism remains agnostic on other questions it does not say that there are n- there's no good there are no other moral virtues outside of libertarianism right it's, it does not say that at all um it is only concerned with the moral with moral claims that can be justifiably enforced that's all it's talking about yeah any other like like look i have moral beliefs that do not that are not covered by the non-aggression principle just like how i believe i should treat other people what's how it's good to treat other people uh, and it falls very much in line with like the kingdom of ends, but it's also a, a, a situation where it's like, yeah, just because I don't think people should be physically encroached upon for doing these things. It doesn't mean I think all these things are good um, necessarily. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Like to me, I, I think a per- there's ways to treat people as mere means that don't involve aggression that I would still be was immoral right and
0: that, that's that's why i bring up the example of the of, of using yeah. someone sexually there's a there's a yeah. that's that is something that i certainly would make the moral claim that is mm-hmm. an immoral act what yeah. you're doing there <laughs> even if the person agreed to have sex with you what you're mm-hmm. doing is bad that's internal to mm-hmm. you um that it's not it's not consent ethics that's a that's right. a misnomer for for the cuz the the idea of non-aggression as a principle is not a complete ethical philosophy and no one claims it is right <laughs> it's it, there's there's nothing about it which
1: makes it's a it a sub ethical philosophy in the sense that it's dealing with a subset of ethics in general yeah right? it's dealing with the ethical of question of when is violence justified yes Yes. when are you free to
0: use violence that's the question yeah. being answered it's got it says yeah. nothing about anything else
1: <laughs> right and that's not a bug that's the feature uh, that, like some people talk about that as if it's an oversight of libertarianism it's like no that's not an oversight <laughs> it's not like we were aiming at something and we landed somewhere else uh, right this was the this was the point exactly it's it's
0: a it's such a it's a dishonest representation of what's actually being argued you can't apply you can't apply an axiom outside of where it applies (laughs) outside of the question that it's answering what goes up must come down on earth
1: yes on Earth.
0: (laughs) it's not necessarily true in space it's axiomatic but it's axiomatic on earth
1: Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just i it's dishonesty for dishonesty's sake. Frankly, I see a lot. I agree with that. Yeah, because there's no it's. mm, Yeah, if you wanted to represent, if you wanted to represent someone honestly, you wouldn't misapply the the axiom against with your argument. You can argue against it. Wrong,
1: or, or if you were proven wrong, you would like honestly say, "Oh, I was wrong in this. I'm sorry." Uh, Right. When when (laughs) someone pointed out that you were wrong. Um, Well, no, because you're you're no because
0: because then you're just changing definitions. See, that's how you get around that. It's because you're the dishonest one because you're changing definitions.
1: I've become so tired of like definitional arguments. Like I'm a person where I believe semantics is very important, but uh, words are not. (laughs) If that makes sense. And what I mean by that is that. Uh, the meaning of what you're saying by the word is important. Like what you mean when you say the word is like what the meaning behind the word that you're trying to convey, that is important. But the sound or the the verbal notation that you're writing down or like the, uh, the uh, grammatical no- notation that you're writing down, that is irrelevant. Like yeah. the symbol you're using is irrelevant. I only want the meaning. So yeah. I really don't care what word you use, to be quite honest. Um, like the, the people get stuck up on this idea that words have objective meanings. Uh, and it really it's, it's patently false movie. i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. I can
0: reach over here and grab the nearest contract to me and the second section in that contract if the first one is numbered the second section <laughs> in that contract is definitions and it says these words mean these things for the purpose of policing yep. this relationship yes <laughs> and they don't have to be objectively true they don't have to be objectively accurate you agree yep. that words mean things And if you have a disagreement there, that's because you failed to define your terms. It doesn't mean it it does not mean that someone's changing definitions. No, you can just define your terms and then you agree that
1: this word means this. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if some alien on some other planet has uh, uses the word, uh, you know, uh, they, they say the word two. But what they really mean is what we know is one right? It's not like they changed the definition. They just have a different verbal notation for what that thing means. And the the concept,
0: the the proposition that a word, (laughs) the proposition that this symbol must symbolize the exact same thing forever, universally, is
1: objectively false. Yeah, that is objectively false, yes. (laughs) Uh, Also, because um, one of the things about that is uh, if if someone truly believed that, then they would have to conclude that all languages but one are incorrect uh yeah right yes. that that is the logical implication of that belief. If you believe that words have objective meaning, then you have to believe that there is some word that like whatever concepts that exist, whatever abstractive that we could think of, has an associated word tied to it objectively. Then, then there is. Then everyone else, but everyone else is wrong. Maybe everyone is wrong. Maybe no one has discovered the correct word. That's also a possibility. Sure, uh, in their belief, I guess. Sure, um, but. Uh, But it's it just like it's so annoying when people like talk about oh well, you know and, and I've got like this too and, and mind you I think libertarians uh, fall into this trap too arguing over like capitalism what well that's not the devil and I've done this in the past too so I, I don't claim to be above oh I made I made the uh, same
0: shitty arguments trust me I I, I was one of those yeah. guys who was arguing about the etymology of a word yeah it's fucking
1: right. it's a it's it is it, stupid it is dumb yeah. It doesn't. For one, it, like all that matters, this is all that matters. When uh, the point, the purpose of language is to communicate concepts to other people. That's it. That's it's, it. Begins and ends there. Whatever vehicle you use to communicate, it does not. I don't think matters uh, intrinsically. Um, uh, words are just vehicles for meaning. That's all they are. Um, that it, like you can say this word has a common usage, and the reason we're able to communicate so effectively is that most people have a common understanding of the words. Uh, within their language of the culture that they were raised in. Um, that's what allows people to communicate somewhat effectively. But I don't think communication can ever be perfect. Uh, I, I think all I mean, communication th- is, in some sense, going to be flawed because not everyone, you know, even when I'm trying to communicate an idea to you, the thought in my head never fully gets fully th- transported to your head, e- even if you have a similar thought. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's imperfect.
0: If it's, it's if an I say imperfect, tree, yeah.
1: If I say tree, I'll think of a tree. And if you, I say tree to you, you may think of a tree, but we're not thinking of the exact same tree. No. Uh, but we, we we get close enough to the point where it's acceptable enough for communication to be established well enough. It's a, it's um, a game of telephone. You're trying to transplant. Yes. You're
0: trying to transfer an idea from your brain into someone else's yeah. brain. You can't do that perfectly. <laughs>
1: yeah. The best way to approach conversation uh, or just like arguments in general is always to treat language as fluid, right? Uh, like water in a cup or water in anything. you have to be able to adapt to other people's definitions. Now, if someone's just being dishonest and constantly changing definitions they already agreed to, then that person's just dishonest and should not carry on a conversation with them but if you but if they if they have told you, "I use this word to mean this." arguing over well that's not how i use that word uh, it's just like okay fine whatever. call it
0: what you want <laughs> who cares it's it's yeah. one of those things again if you look up look up the definition of conversion in two different dictionaries one in uh-huh. webster's and one in a legal dictionary
1: yeah
0: i mean it's, no. if you're dealing with a if you're dealing with a context which you always are at all times. Yes. <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're dealing with a particular context, words are going to mean different things. That's just how the world yes. works. That's how communication yes. functions. <laughs> and
1: a lot of people I've seen, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but for, this is at least my own anecdotal experience is that a lot of people seem to have this understanding that the words mean what the dictionary says they mean in, in the sense that the dictionary is the Bible of words. And if you and if the dictionary says this word means this, then it's always meant this. And anyone in the future who says the word in a way that does not match up one to one with what the dictionary says is therefore wrong. Um, that I think that's how say, a lot of people view good.
0: No, I, I agree with you. But that's not to say either. Again, that's not to say that the word I'm using is the 100 percent right word. Again, that's that's why it's like you call it what you want. I don't care. Yeah. All I care is that. It's good to have common
1: definitions for communication. I'm not saying it's, it's, we shouldn't have common, like try to be on the same page and dictionaries help, help with that. Right. Uh, But it's ultimately a social game, right? It's a social game uh, that we're trying to establish communication networks with each other. Sure. And we use word or we use words as vehicles for that.
0: Yeah. Whatever, Um, whatever word I am whatever word I am using does not necessarily mean again, the, the concept of an objectively correct word to describe an idea is ridiculous anyway. Yeah. So the, the it's, I'm not saying I'm right and anyone's wrong. I'm just saying, stop. Why are you thinking in this, in this way? Why are you thinking like this? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now someone could be um, wrong, like small case wrong, in the sense that you're using the word in a way that very few other people use it uh, in the sense that it's not wrong in the sense that you're objectively wrong, but it's, it's not going to be using that word in that way is not going to be helpful to most people for communication purposes. Um, Right. So like uh, someone could be using a word in a way where it just, it's confusing, like not many people use that. And so someone could be, I'm not saying there's no rules to communication, but the rules are social and they're loose. They're not yeah. they're guidelines. They're agreed they're, upon they're guidelines. Yes, they're agreed uh, then, upon. It's a,
0: it's a social agreement yeah. that we uh, are. you. Uh, we understand what each other is saying. And at the point where yeah. you don't, then you define it and you say, OK, yeah. well, what I mean, the idea that I'm trying to get across to you is this idea and I'm using this word for it.
1: Yeah, language is the only acceptable social contract at all.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just like that, the the uh, um, to, kind of to
0: that point, actually, the idea the the second the second section of a contract says these words mean these things, even if nobody uses them that way. Right. For example, a business day in a contract could exclude Monday's. Mm-hmm. Out out in the world, everyone knows business days are Monday to Friday, maybe Saturday. Right. Yeah. But but in in in, the, in, a, in a in a particular context, you can just agree uh, that's not what we mean by that. We mean this. Okay.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Fine. All- <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that, it's it's all contextual. It's one hundred percent contextual. Yeah. Um. Oh God. But that's the I don't know how we
1: got on that point
0: because uh. it's a cheap way because it's a cheap way for people to dodge when when you're when you are um, when you're trying to drill down on something. It's a very cheap way for them to dodge and and accuse you of dishonesty Uh rather than just communicating.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. as if they score points for like saying oh well uh, technically this is etymologically off by you know sure a couple hundred years
0: well it's like well you're misrepresenting what i'm saying well you used the word okay but i mean this when i say it well then you're lying okay eat shit (laughs) (laughs) right fucking eat shit and
1: die i don't this is
0: ridiculous
1: (laughs) yeah it's like what uh, like that's the thing right is that if you don't view language as fluid you must view like uh poets as like some of the most evil people alive
0: oh yeah <laughs>
1: because like like the fact that language like the fact that language gets used uh you know in in ways that are creative that aren't necessarily 100 percent accurate to how they are used in like a clinical sense uh you know that's one of the cool things that like people like use language in cool ways that's how slang develops and uh, if you just have this like overly constrained view of language you i don't know it it seems that that would lead to like a very upset and bitter view of like communication uh like whenever people talk about how like new words get i've seen people get mad about new words getting added to the dictionary it's like oh this wasn't this isn't a real word what do you mean? What are you talking about?
0: None of what English was real words. English yeah. is a bastard language made out of three other previously existing languages.
1: Yeah. There's no... it is a mishmash. Uh... <laughs> it's one of those
0: you can You can absolutely you can absolutely disagree with changing definitions in what are considered to be official sources for nefarious reasons, right?
1: Yes. Um, yeah. that... Like if someone agrees to a definition at, uh, in a debate. Let's say, and later on, they use that same word to mean something completely else. That's a dishonest person because they're going back on their original state. Position right. They're they're
0: they're they're revoking their, they're their. Yes, exactly. And they're and they're revoking their previous agreement. And, and you have no yes. way of knowing that it's very much like changing the definition for example of racism in the dictionary to reflect mm-hmm. the 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 privilege plus power yada yada dynamic
1: right when i think yeah i think that's dishonest over just adding another definition i think if they just added another definition like a, a, you know another one another definition to it that would have been fine as far as that goes you sure. know what i mean cuz there are people who use that way and the purpose of the de- dictionary is to accumulate uh meanings to what these words are. It's, it's not like the dictionary the is Yeah, exactly. It's just reflecting usage, right? Uh connotation in some sense precedes denotation. Uh, exactly. Well, um, it's
0: not just that, but if if it were true, if if the, if it were true that what the dictionary says is the is the truth forever and ever and ever, then why would there be words that have a notation by them that says it's not used this way anymore? Right. <laughs> like nobody nobody uses this this way anymore i mean you think about flammable and inflammable
1: right yeah exactly
0: yes
1: (laughs) right that's a good that's a very good example
0: i mean it's it's one of those things if nobody 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 uses those words the way they were intended
1: (laughs) right or at least
0: the word inflammable nobody uses these the way they were intended
1: Yeah. yeah
0: it's it's a it's Again, it's all contextual. It's all just entirely it based is, on context. Yeah. It's it's about as long as you can transmit the idea,
1: you're using yes. the language properly. Yeah, that's it. All that matters was communication established. Yes or no? That's all that matters at the end of the day. The vehicles you use to communicate um, are contextual and depending on like you know, will will the word I use here. Be, will it achieve my ends of communication that's all that should be factored into it when yeah. you're trying to like have any type of a discussion with them if
0: i use this word will people understand what i mean so if i if i <laughs> if i use the word anarchy will people understand that i mean no government probably right <laughs> they won't it doesn't carry with it all the connotations about polycentric law right. that I happen to think are true. It doesn't right. carry yeah, it doesn't carry with it all of that, but it does very simply mean to most people no government. So that's what I'll say. Right. <laughs> yes. It it just blows my mind. And then but the 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 fact that people think it's a gotcha When in reality, it's just not defining the terms for each other.
1: You're just, yeah, you're just, you're not actually critiquing anything I like substantively believe. You're just going after like the word I chose to describe what I believe. You're not attacking
0: the idea I'm trying to transmit. You're attacking the word I'm using to do it. Yeah, that's not that's not an effective argument
1: against the idea. No. (laughs) <laughs> it's no argument against the idea <laughs> yeah.
0: I just don't I, I just don't personally think there's I don't know I understand that people I understand that it's important to to use words carefully and and that yeah. words mean things to people and we but it's also important I mean this is why you begin a discussion by defining your terms Right. It's supposed to start there. Yeah. It's supposed to begin with, what do you mean by this? Well, by this I mean, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, well, now we can have a conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And And even, you know there's a certain circularity to language too, where even that becomes not foolproof. Right. It's infinitely recursive.
0: It is infinitely yes. recursive. You are, you yes. are using, you are using this Words. tool to describe <laughs> things with another tool with the with effectively the same tool. Yeah. And it's not perfect in either case. And so it, it is an right. infinitely recursive problem, but that's, that is, that is part of the nature of language. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, a, language it's, is
1: a harsh mistress. It's, it's as good <laughs> as we got. It's, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, 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 if i, I could I... just
1: like telepathically communicate my concepts and ideas to people without ever speaking then language would not be uh, there'd be no point to language no right? not there'd at no all use case for it uh or if so we if... didn't
0: have the if we didn't have the ability to form these complex ideas. If we didn't have the ability to form these these notions, it wouldn't be necessary. I mean animals communicate with right. each other, but they're not communicating a political philosophy. They're not right. communicating right. A, a a moral standard between each other. They're communicating right. uh, get out of here or there's food here
1: right exactly so like they can communicate in terms of like concrete things like in, in the world but that you animals can't like really abstract at least from what we know but uh, that's generally a good assumption that it's like humans have the ability to abstract they're not just aware of concrete things things as they are now mm-hmm. they're aware of how things could be um, that aren't um, and that's oh kind of like one of their unique features
0: oh my god you just made me think of something Mm-hmm. applying your language okay mm-hmm. uh, all this obsession with reality as defined by the speaker describing it right and oh. that being all that matters mm-hmm. is a rejection of the capacity for abstraction it's a rejection of the, think, of the thought process that makes man man it's, it's animal thinking
1: do you mean like um, thinking of reality is just like fixed or uh, I mean, can you elaborate on that?
0: Well, we were talking about
1: it the other day and, and,
0: and I should elaborate because nobody listening to this was privy to that conversation. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about it where it's the, the concept of reality is used as a shortcut to arguing against, um, abstract, uh, Oh, theory. yes. The, the yes. idea that I'm presenting to you a possible future and someone yes. says, but that's not reality. Well, oh. that's not, that's Such not good... an argument, right? If you're, if you're, if you're abdicating the ability to think in an abstract form in favor of what exists is all that exists, you're not, you're, you're, you are, that's animal thinking. You're thinking like an I animal will
1: go further than that. Not only are they thinking, not only is that a rejection of abstract thinking, it's a rejection of action. Because to act, when you act, you are creating a new possible world that before was only a possible world. And you are, through your actions, you are altering the, the physical reality of nature in, into becoming one of the many possible worlds that could have become. So you are bringing into reality something that previously did not exist. And you are confused. Like if you pick up, if you, if I move my microphone now, right. Um, I have acted upon the world in a way that previously was not reality. I have changed the direction of my microphone into a, pl- a new place that cur- that it did not exist before. So when he, as humans, when we when we act, we are essentially bringing into existence worlds that did not exist in the arrangement that they were previously. Um, so when they say that the, well, reality, all that matters is reality right now, they're acting as if action is impossible. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're talking
1: as if action is impossible. And ultimately, what this is, is when they say this, there is underlying it. There, I think there's an implicit contradiction here, or it's a hypocrisy at the very least, um, where they say they're essentially arguing that we should not argue or strive. So, for example, um, if all that matters is reality right now, then there would be no point in you arguing that we should not argue for something, right? Because sure. that's just the inherent contradiction, right? You're, you're arguing that we should not argue. You're saying that, well, um, there's a state, we see a state of affairs as bad right now and we're going to argue for something better. If someone else comes along and starts arguing that we shouldn't argue, you're, you're doing the thing you're saying we shouldn't do. <laughs> right. There's a, there's a, the rejection of
0: should and ought in favor of is, yeah. I, uh, at, at bottom, it betrays all of um, rational thought.
1: Yes. Like, yes. The, like
0: the, the, cool. the, the reason that we think rationally, if we're, if we're actually thinking, the reason that we think rationally is an attempt to discover um, all of that truth. It's an attempt to mm-hmm. discover the is, but it's also an attempt to discover the odd. And if right. you reject half of that mission of thinking, you're not thinking anymore. You're just yes. describing. Right. And there's no, there's no way to, um, for example, all of argument in law is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. It's all hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all about how might this be applied in this case? How might this standard or this case law be applied here? Mm -hmm. It's it's hypothetical thinking is a strength in that in that case, but it's not it's also a consideration. And this is something that a professor told me when I was an undergrad. Actually, she was an attorney and she was teaching my First Amendment class that I that I took as part of my journalism uh, minor. And she uh, said part of the job in part of your job, if you're in law, whether it's whether it's as an attorney or a judge or, or anything like that. Part of your job when you're in law is to think not only of law as it is, but law as it could be or should be. Right. Because ultimately those are your arguments. Those (laughs) are your arguments. Your argument is not necessarily law as it is. If law as it is helps you, great. But law as it could be or should be is part of the thought process. And that applies to ethics. It applies to morality. It applies in engineering. It applies everywhere.
1: Right. Because obviously, like what we were saying before, uh, one of the key distinctions between uh, animals and humans, uh, in the, or beasts and humans, if you want to make that distinction, is the idea that, um, uh, that we have the capacity for abstract thinking. And what that entails, like what ab- abstract thinking ultimately is, is you take, right, so you have concrete reality, reality as it is, right, um, as it is now. Um, abstract thinking allows a person to see reality as is, but also it allows them to see another aspect of reality of what is possible of what could be. Right. Um, and it is this ability to abstract and then change the concrete reality that is into a new version of itself, um, uh, through action. Right. Um, and ultimately, if all you think about, if you think all that is real, all that is, and and for listeners, we're not. This is an argument uh, that we've encountered on Twitter and social media and stuff before. So we're not just pulling this out of nowhere. No, no, no this it, this, it, argument that, this argument that
0: this argument that reality, as an example, there's a there was there was an argument saying that uh, you should just go to the woods, right? You should just go live in the woods. Mm-hmm. People do it all the time. My response to that was but there's nothing stopping the enforcement of law upon me even if I'm outside of what we imagine to be the reach of the law that could change overnight there's no there's no guarantee against the enforcement of these laws and the the, the presumption then being you are subject to the law wherever you are Mm -hmm. right regardless of everything else you are ultimately subject to the laws as they may be enforced against you every time. And you can find historical examples of yeah, this. Even People... the is,
1: and even if the law is not being enforced against you, the threat of the law is certainly against you. Sure. Uh, even if you are in the woods. So exactly. But
0: the response to that argument was, but that's not reality.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And it's like, what, if, what the fuck is are you an... talking
1: about? Yes, it is. <laughs> if something, yeah. So if all you think is like, That's the thing, right? If all you think is what is real is what is concrete and tangible, then it seems that, like, you have no explanation for cause and effect. (laughs) Right. Like, if all you think about is what is now and what is concrete and what is real here, it seems like whenever there's a change of something, it would seem to imply that 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 change was just ex nihilo like it was out of nothing right you know it's, it was it's the, creation it's the application
0: out of nothing. it's it's the applied inability to think past first order effects it's 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 the inability to think past first order effects applied to a philosophy
1: it's, I, it's I ridiculous that, yeah well i also i also think that um one of the uh so like in that in, in that line of thought uh, if that's truly if that was just truly what you believed and i don't know if these people actually believe it or like fully truly believe it but at least what they're saying lends to what uh, this conclusion which is if we followed that this uh logical train of thought to its logical conclusion then potentiality would not be something that is necessary does not necessarily exist right because you could say that something is if we you could say that potentiality is not real in a physical sense right that we can't hold it or grasp it um it's not actual yet of course but that potentiality nevertheless exists and has to exist in order for action to exist because if nothing was possible then no action could ever be taken right ultimately if nothing else if if there was no possibility for any any change of what is no action would ever be possible
0: no it would it, there there would be no it, it, it goes beyond the idea that there. there's a difference between the ability to act on the universe and the ability to act on your world right right and this is a this is a distinction that i think is is important There are certain things which are outside of the control of the individual, and there are certain things which are outside of the control of groups. If you want to be communitarian about it, if you want to be uh, a, uh, if you, if you, if you want to reject the notion of individual action as a whole and, and focus entirely on social action, there's, there is a lot that's beyond the control of that group too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The ever-expanding universe and the eventual heat death of the sun cannot be stopped by voting.
1: This is also a very uh, Kantian point as well, going, like, circling back to Kant for a second. Because Kant's whole thing, as, as I said before, Kant was like, you don't really have control, like, total control of the situation you're in. You may enter into situations, but the situation itself is still beyond you. Um... Uh, you don't necessarily have complete control over the con like the late stage consequences of your actions. You may have some control over the direct consequences of your actions, obviously, but not some of like the later consequences. So all you really have to act on is Mac, a maxim of some sort. Um, and that, that's, that was essentially cons like p- argument for deontology.
0: Yeah. All you can do is try and uh, actually I saw you use, uh, I saw you um, in an argument over this term earlier. All you can do is make prejudgments about your actions. Yes. All you can yeah. do is determine whether an action is ethical
1: before you take the action. Because, it, it, well, you can, like, ignore, you could ignore that, but you you would lose all justified grounding for the action. Right. If you're, if you're
0: concerned at all with acting ethically, I should
1: say. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So, that, yeah, all you can do is do it beforehand uh, because if you if you do it like like sure, you could say you're going to do it after the fact, but if you do it after the fact, you're just kind of creating this retroactive ethical justification for your actions. You're not actually you weren't you weren't engaged in the when you were acting, you weren't engaged in ethical action necessarily yeah. when you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, ethical reasoning for your actions, sorry. But yeah. It's
0: ultimately just rationalization at that point. Exactly. because you didn't have anything to go off of to begin with right so you're just trying to convince yourself that what you did was good capital G <laughs> but, good you know, despite the fact but, that what you did was not in fact good <laughs>
1: right when you said um when you said earlier that you know this rejection of like abstract thinking reduces us to animals it reminded me of that quote by Voltaire so Voltaire read uh Rousseau's the social contract and he he uh gave one of like the best reviews of it ever <laughs> in a letter And he says, I have received your new book against the human race and thank you for it. Never was such a cleverness used in design of making us all stupid. One longs in reading your book to walk on all fours. (laughs) 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 And uh, that's what I think of. That's the quote I think of whenever someone tries to reject like our capacity for abstract thinking and all that. All that's real is what is. It's like... (laughs)
0: That's always what I like. one longs in reading your reply to walk on all fours. Oh well, yeah! <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, and it's very materialist in a weird way,
1: and these people are anti-materialist. That's that, okay. I made this point the other day, right? Because, um, so a lot of the people, um, who make this argument are extremely religious, and I'm not making a critique against religion, uh, but I'm, I'm just not. saying that it's very weird to me that a person. Uh, so religious, would make the argument about material reality. There, so this guy I was arguing with yesterday was talking about rights, and he was saying, well, rights don't exist because they can be... Because, like, the right, to, the right not to be murdered doesn't exist. This was his example. The right not to be murdered doesn't exist because people can kill you. Like, um... I mean... No. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> the right is not the same thing as the enforcement of it itself. The right must precede the enforcement, but you can't enforce something that doesn't exist. If you believe a right does not exist, you, you can enforce something, but you can't say you're enforcing a right which you claim doesn't exist that doesn't make any sense logically Uh,
0: and there was a guy who was arguing with me the other day under this was an extremely uh,
1: religious person right and i i told him this is like the cringe atheist argument that god could not exist because of physics or something like that it's stupid it it, it just it's it's a stupid critique because it ignores what the other person is actually arguing it does not address it at all
0: well there was a guy i was arguing with the other day who who had said something and I, i i don't like i want to be very clear I don't, I think what's valuable about this kind of thing is not the fucking Twitter argument itself. It's the view into the logic people are using in their lives. So like that's, that's what's valuable about this kind of thing. Um, And so it's, it's on its face. It is retarded Twitter arguments, right? But, (laughs) but the the implications are what's important. The fact that people are thinking in these ways is what you discover when you engage in this kind of thing. So one of the one of the guys that I was talking to was saying that 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 rights do not exist, that duties exist, and there's no such thing as a oh right, but God. there is a duty. And I'm dude, sitting
1: here thinking, dude. bro, <laughs> you cannot have one without the other. And they're you, the same like, thing. Logically, <laughs> they are, it's like heads don't exist but tails exist you know on a coin exactly <laughs> like, dude,
0: dude, the duty <laughs> the du- whether you believe that duty precedes rights or rights precede duty is a non-issue you they yeah. both exist you can't have one without the
1: other right and if, so if someone if you have a duty to x you can rephrase it logically that statement as x has a right to the performance of this duty exactly of this act. that's exactly or, right yeah
0: and it so, blew me away i was like what do you what the fuck do you mean
1: yeah this i also had this so the same guy who was arguing that rights don't exist all i don't know if this was the same guy you're talking about but he also said dude only duties exist um and he he was. i don't know I, where I this
0: thinking comes from i do not know where this thinking comes from i don't get yeah. it
1: and i was explaining to him that look if rights don't exist then duties don't exist and if duties don't exist then you have no moral foundation for the society you want to create, uh, right? Because your society is based on duties. You believe in rights. You just don't believe in the same rights we do. Uh, so. Right.
0: Well, it just as you said, the implication of a duty is necessarily that there is a corresponding right. Yes. You have a. You have a. If I have to say that others have a, a duty right – in
1: like. A, in like a, a strict sense not in the sense of like someone can say well I have a duty to myself right there's certain senses which sure. you could say well that's just like sort of like a metaphorical uh, duty right, but right. We're, we're talking about like actual like ontological like moral realist duties uh, right. that people have
0: if, if I
1: have if, if I, I, I other people have the right not to
0: be murdered by me which means I have the corresponding duty, duty to, not not to not murder,
1: murder. <laughs> Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, this is... I... That, it's a, so this is a tautology because it's the, it's saying the same thing. It's just using different language to describe. This it. is when you're dealing that's with moral
0: actors. For example, like there was yeah. a – because Bennett made a good point. He said, "Well, you do have the right to kill a bear that's attacking you, but the bear has no corresponding duty not to attack, and that's true. But the bear is not a moral actor. So I was right. I was being unclear in that I didn't specify that I was talking about moral actors, but yes. I, I am yes. here now.
1: So yeah. when we talk about right so. Often when we talk about rights between people, we're talking about things that are interpersonal, right? Um, he also, oh yeah. So this dude also was talking about like how, well, you always don't have a right to life because nature kills you eventually. It's like... Uh,
0: the right's not to life. As oh, yeah, the the it's right not, is not yeah, to right, life,
1: qua right. life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> rights the right are is an to... interpersonal uh, thing between social animals. And by social animals, I mean moral actors. <laughs>
0: The right isn't to immortality. You have no right to immortality. You have a right to your life in so far as other people are not allowed to extinguish it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a negative framing of the right to life, a right not to be murdered. Uh, my right to my property is not to say that the wind blowing away my uh, trellis or something is – the wind has stolen my property. No, it's to say <laughs> other people cannot – other people <laughs> other, other people cannot uh, uh, deprive me of my justly acquired resources. But
0: it's such an interesting thing because it's such – it's such a materialist way of thinking.
1: And, and you're right. You do material. see this a lot with religious to- people. And these people claim to be the most anti-materialist people out there. And it's always weird. So I don't, I don't identify. I'm not a materialist personally in my, I like, ontology, <laughs> in my like ontology. It, 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 so there's two types of materialism. One can be like this kind of like uh, consumerism. That's what the people talk about a lot of times in politics. But there's also a materialism in an ontological sense, which means that the only thing that exists is matter, and that's that all that, that's,
0: all, that, is, that's, that yeah. which is knowable is only that which is which is tactile, that which you can see and yeah. feel and touch that is all right. that's all that's
1: bit yeah and and they seem to be very go they seem to like they say they're not materialists, but they very much do view like things that they can't hold in their hand is not real, and it, which is a really weird thing to be a religious person and to have that view of something. Well, well like, I don't think it is. This, is.
0: this is the argument that I was making, is that they redefine reality to match their limited framework. So it's the idea mm. that they, the, the, the argument, the, the response, I believe, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to assume anyone's values, but I believe the response to this argument would be, but my religion is real, my, but God is real, but these things are real. And I'm not making an right. argument about that per se. I'm just saying right. that would be the response and, and
1: it, but it doesn't reflect. But I, <laughs> I don't see them making a case that God is physical. You know what I mean? Right. Oh God, it's only physical. Uh, w- w- but so, if, if your argument is that rights aren't real, okay. But you to arguing that they aren't real because they're not physically tangible is just stupid. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, it's
0: nonsense. And the the <laughs> the there's the 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 position that I've seen from people. Then this was the guy that I was talking to the other day. Um, the the uh, under Bennett's tweet, the the position that. The duty is real because God gave us the duty. That's what it comes down to. There okay, is no but then corresponding that would
1: just mean, right. But then that would, we would still have a right based on that duty. Even yes. Then, uh, yes. So.
0: Yeah. I know it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the but the 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 idea I, I guess is that the because the duty precedes the right in the way that they construct this, which again does not matter. Because the existence yeah. of the duty
1: and the right also, are, are are codependent. Yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're codependent. That's exactly what I was going to use. They're codependent because it does Like, whether they... Uh, I don't know what that means. Like the duty comes before the right no that doesn't even make any sense they're they're the same thing a duty is a right you can, like you cannot <laughs> them. like when they say that something it, it perce- the duty precedes the right it doesn't make any sense
0: even if in your conception even if in your conception of rights and duties the duty precedes the right let's just say you can say that yeah. sentence it is also necessarily true that at the moment the duty comes into existence the right does too
1: right right exactly you could say the duty you would say the duty came into existence, but the moment the duty comes into existence, the right is there with it. It's, right. it's, it's instantaneous. Yes. It's instantaneous. <laughs> but they, they, they use this then
0: to apply the idea that rights aren't real. And it's like, but, but what you're saying is duties aren't real. Yeah, exactly. That's what you you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't, I don't, I don't get how people fail to put this together. Yeah. Again, it doesn't matter if you have a duty to not kill because of a corresponding right or if you have a right not to be killed because of a corresponding duty
1: to omit the act matter of if, killing. And even if you think the reason you're not supposed to do that is because God told you so, that's completely irrelevant to the argument. Like I don't right. care. like it doesn't matter in, in qua the argument where the duty or right comes from. Uh, like prior to its origination or existence, right? That doesn't really matter. What matters is that they are codependent upon each other. And that you can't ext- like uh, coherently deprive, take away one and leave the other standing. I
0: will say this. I am, I, I am partial to the argument. I don't agree with it as it's, as it's generally constructed, but mm. I am partial to the argument that the only rights which exist are those that can be enforced, Um, and I'm partial to that argument, not because I don't think that other rights don't exist, right? Uh, Nominally they do, but in, as, as a matter of application, I
1: agree, I agree in enforceability. That's absolutely true. Right. As,
0: as a matter Um, of application, if you can't find redress for the violation of a right, that right may as well not exist, which is not the same as saying it doesn't exist.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very important distinction because I agree. Like when these people say, well, you, you have to use force to enforce your rights. It's like, well, yeah, I, I mean, yes, yes. if your rights are being, yeah, no one is, this, no one has argued against this, but, but there's a very like vulgar interpretation with like a sleight of hand that they do where they say, well, if it's not enforced, that means you never had the right to begin with. But that's a logical contradiction. If you never had the right to begin with, then enforcing the right would not be enforcing a there right. There would be lo- no legitimacy to the, to the enforcement. Right it would be
0: entirely unjustified yeah it's an incoherent statement it's just it's it... <laughs> I don't understand I, I'm, I'm, I wonder what leads to it at it's core I yeah. wonder if it's just I, I, I wonder sometimes if it's just religion mixed with pragmatism that which is a weird thing to me that's such a weird thing I to know, me I know I know I I come from a religious upbringing. I'm not particularly religious now. I don't begrudge yeah. anyone their religion, but I do come from a religious upbringing, and I, and I can I, I I mean I can be honest with myself about what that means, and about what it means you believe. Even if you believe that God is real, it, it doesn't justify a materialist outlook on reality. Right. It, it 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 it's so strange to me. And then you start picking and choosing, and then you have to start picking and choosing. Well, this is real, and this is not. It's like, well, why is this not real? Well, because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>.
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's, it's,
1: it's at also that a, point, like... you don't
0: have a philosophy. At that point, you don't, you just don't have a worldview. Right. Or were you going to say? I'm sorry. Right, I interrupted you.
1: No, I, I was just gonna. I was just like kind of rambling, and I uh, I don't have the exact like uh, scripture pulled up in front of me, but I'm sure like someone could easily accuse me of just like misinterpreting it. But there, there's this very like famous Christian sentiment that says one should be above. I'm paraphrasing. One should be above the world and not of the world. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And that what that means is that you should always live your life in a way where you're striving toward the good, whatever that, whatever, you know, in the sense, the Christian good. But, you know, you could take that and use this in for, like, whatever purposes you want, really. But the point is... Uh, You should always be striving for the ideal and not get lost in the milieu of the, you know, the real, the current, what is, right? Right. You should always be striving for what should be or what what the good is and not get lost in like, you know, the the fallen world. I
0: wonder uh, if there's like a weird Nietzschean influence because the the idea, like Nietzsche's Mm -hmm. true world theories, right? Yeah, this is the, right. the I I'm wondering yes. if there's this strange Nietzschean sort of uh conception of it where um the the true world theory is a limiting thing yes. and they admit that and so in order to combat the the notion the Nietzschean notion of a true world theory the idea that mm-hmm. you're concerned with heaven and not earth and yada 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 right it, 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 they just redefine or define reality to include those things which which they would in other cases reject as true world theories
1: right it's a sort of like a Machiavelli, and i think they would admit this it's a very much a machiavellian um uh outlook mixed with religion which i i find very weird to me um i it's, i, I it's, don't necessarily see how they they I don't see how they don't conflict in my view. I, I think
0: um, it, I don't think it's consistent, but I don't know. Again, religion's a personal thing. People believe what they believe and, and you can use that right. to justify whatever worldview you want. Sure. But yeah. I don't I, I, I can't for the life of me. I don't see how it doesn't conflict. I, 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 I don't see. Um, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Maybe maybe there's a maybe it maybe it does conflict and that's the justification because the the goal is unreachable because reality is as reality is thus
1: right. well, I mean that's a, and that's a, that's a very sure and I think that like that's a very like obviously you know uh, Christian view of things too, right? This is the fallen world, and we cannot reach the true good without without Christ, right? That right. That's a very, and I I think I've, I'm giving a very fair representation of that view. I don't I don't think I'm straw manning in any. No, no, no.
0: Anyway. That seems accurate. Um, that's that's accurate to and, what I was taught growing up.
1: And so I can understand that, but my the the weird part to me where I like turn my head and don't understand it is uh, the idea that well because we can't get to you know uh, the the true good without Christ that somehow justifies us. Doing bad things here on Earth, uh, just because we can't reach the pinnacle. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? the weird that leap. That part is the one that like makes me turn my head and just like, huh? That's the weird <laughs> leap. Is is that it? It's is like that? That's what I hear when I hear like pragmatic like you know, pragmatism mixed with like uh, religion, which is sort of a form of idealism. Uh, you know, you know, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I'm just saying like a philosophical. Oh
0: sure, yeah. I mean, it, it must
1: um, be. the uh, that's the whole point yeah. of it. Right. And I, I, I mean, I'm f- I'm, a fan of idealists. I'm not trying to, like, disparage them by saying that. But no, I'm just saying that it's it's, it's very weird to mix, like, idealism and pra- pragmatism together in a coherent approach. And that's not uh, – pragmatism is a different thing from just being pragmatic, mind you, right? Pragmatism is a pragmatism philosophy. Pragmatism as a As, as a world as view. certain norm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking about, because I've been challenged so much by some of these people, and it's I appreciate it, I really do, because they, they do make me think, um, and I, it, one of the challenges that I've seen is the idea that um, coherence, philosophical coherence is an impossibility, therefore you must simply accept an incoherent philosophy, <laughs> and I was thinking about that because uh, it seems reasonable, actually. That seems like a like a possible, uh, possible, uh, possible truth. And so I'm thinking about it, and I'm and I'm thinking I, about the way that that things interact. I mean,
1: what's up? I was just going to say. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I was just going to say that uh, I, I think it's one thing to say that a philosophy can't. Um, can't explain everything that we were looking to try to explain with it. But I think that it's, it's very weird to say that philosophy, there's no coherent philosophy. I I mean,
0: by that, I mean, Uh, internal consistency, like,
1: no, I get that. Yeah.
0: So, so it's one of those, I was thinking about it though. And I'm thinking about the idea of thinking the idea of the search for truth and Mm -hmm. in consideration. And I was, and I, I was, I was considering The way that a worldview works, my conception of, of reality is that Mm -hmm. reality exists. There is an external reality to us that is concrete and objective. Yes. Where we come into, into problems is that we all approach that reality in a slightly different way. And it skews the way that we see it.
1: The, the, And, and you have to, and you, you have to create like boundaries to your perception Um, whether they be literal or uh, just like uh, philosophical boundaries right because like just in taking all information of reality is not going to get you anywhere so people are like directed right we're we're directed agents we're 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 goal-oriented in some case uh, um, to like construct reality if he's like right the ability to abstract is the ability to imagine how how reality is and how it could be so we're always we're always like living in two worlds in some sense we're living in the concrete reality but we're also living in the abstract reality that tells us how I should behave right and and i don't mean
0: i i don't mean to make a relativist argument and i'm not i'm saying there is an objective concrete reality the struggle is the subject
1: also exists
0: (laughs) right exactly the struggle is in discovering it right the the struggle is in trying to find it that's 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 that is at bottom the search for truth is is finding that objective reality beyond our perception and the 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 I was thinking about the way that worldviews operate and personal philosophies, the way that you think this is, operates. We could also
1: go to uh, uh, circle back to Kant here with yeah, exactly. uh, his transcendental idealism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: But the 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 idea that, the idea that you can accept, I, I think of ideas, ideas that you personally hold as true. Ideas form a it's 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 uh, to use an analogy, it's a distributed network. Of effects and communication, so your 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 personal philosophy, your worldview is made up of interconnected, interlinking, uh, 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 and interconnected, interlinking network of ideas, which forms the lens through which you see the world. And yes. if if you have no care for coherence in that network, if one part of that network disagrees with another, and you do not collapse that into something functional, either by uh, maybe you interrogate both and find that the actual truth is, is between them or something else that was affecting both and you didn't realize it or right. whatever. However you interrogate that. Um, if you have no concern for that kind of cohesion, you're you've, you've basically forked your network. There's your, your, right. the way that you see the world and your search for truth. If you allow contradiction you're rejecting truth. You're rejecting the nature of the of the of
1: the search. Right, because like at that point, you're no longer like you can't really claim you're searching for truth while engaging in contradictions to get there. You know right. what I mean? It, it, <laughs> just, you like, can't.
0: I mean, tautologically, you cannot yeah. find truth through the contradictions. Right. Exactly. It, 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 it doesn't make it. It just and so um. Well, like, you're
1: accepting the contradictions
0: right Uh, right 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 right, the sun the 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 sky cannot be both red and blue
1: it's it's one color
0: it has to be um but but the 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 or at least some portion of the sky must be
1: one color yeah whatever is is and can't be so a cannot be a and not a at the same time
0: exactly so the, but in any case, I, I was just thinking about that a little bit the other day. And it was kind of funny. My girlfriend called me and she said, uh, what are you doing? And, Cause I was just pacing around the apartment and she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm thinking. And she goes, what are you thinking about? I said, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I do think – I do appreciate those challenges where it's like, hey, you, you know, somebody comes right. up with something like that where it's like you must accept contradiction in philosophy because there's no such thing as coherence. And I'm like,
1: but no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, so it's one thing to say that you, you – philosophy cannot answer all the questions uh, of reality. Of course um, it can. That – I Right. So it's one thing to say that. It's another to say that there is no coherent philosophy, um, like internally coherent. I think that's just weird. Or that coherence Um, is not important. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, You know, I don't know how much you've read of uh, Wittgenstein, Ludwig Wittgenstein. uh, But he was a a philosopher of language and he was a a linguist. um, and, And he has this like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he has this great quote, that which is incomprehensible is unspeakable. Um, And he's basically saying that, like, uh, the duty of anyone arguing for incoherence is to shut up. Yeah, (laughs) it's like,
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it certainly Uh, seems that way, because, again, I'm thinking about this idea of truth and the search for truth. Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Ah, you can't do that if if the lens that you're looking at reality through is incoherent. And, right. and and ultimately if you're trying to build philosophy you're you're trying to discover those truths and mm-hmm. if you do not care for the coherence of that philosophy it, it, you're not finding truth
1: you're just, for the people who don't care about co- consistency or coherency are, are searching for power not truth
0: yeah and and it's and it's, all you're doing is reaffirming your priors that's all you're doing right you're you're not you're not actually interrogating any of your ideas. You're just reaffirming mm-hmm. your priors, and whatever right. reaffirms those priors is acceptable in his reality, and whatever does not is not. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's it's not a way to build a philosophy. It's not a way to build ideas. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, we've been going for a while. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect that conversation. Um. <laughs> uh. So. Uh. Are you want to get out of here? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh. Let's go ahead and you have plugs.
1: Yeah. Uh. So I. You can follow me on Twitter at ace underscore arcist, and you can follow me on Substack at the uh, Substack at acearcist.substack.com. Couldn't get Excellent. that Excellent. You have your friend. Where's your, Where's your friend at?
0: Oh, oh pacing Joska. yeah, great guy. Yeah. Um over there, J-O-U-S-K-A on Twitter, pacing Joska. And uh, you can find Dino Files on Alternative Internet Radio, a R A D And uh, that's pretty much it.
1: All right, bye guys.
0: Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.